Hello and welcome to Net That Hall. We're back for the double game week 25 matchup show. I'm joined by my co-host Gabriel at FPL Lens on X. I'm of course FPL Nima. And uh, as you can see from the thumbnail, I wanted to let my hair down this week with the uh, Haaland photo on the thumbnail. So really like this photo of him. I hope anyone who doesn't own him somehow yet is sitting there buying a new sofa for the weekend. So yeah, how are you doing, Gabe? I know today's maybe a chip strategy special kind of because I've put a triple captain in the thumbnail too. I know that you were obviously as someone who's kind of wildcarded early, maybe looking at a bench boost potentially. So I think that would be a big topic today. Like, is it a double game week we should be using a chip in? And if so, mm. which one? And what impact will that have on the rest of our chip strategies for the final bits of the season, right? So it's a really exciting mm. episode. I feel like this is when the crunch time begins. This is when you make the gains in your rank. This is where the engaged managers set free from all the people who stopped logging in six, seven weeks ago, hopefully. There's some ranks to be made here. They're against people who aren't playing, but there's still some gains to be made. Or or, or maybe your team is full of flags and there are just like holes to fall into. Who knows? Knowing FPL is probably the latter. Yeah, it could be. But um, yeah, so quick, quick couple of shout outs and then let's go straight to the FPL philosophy and um, we'll put the messages up on the screen as we go throughout the day. But I think just to catch up on them, thank you all for your patience. So we've got Blue Danube Joe's in here first. Good afternoon, all. BW Splitter, one of our haulers. Howdy, buddy. We've got Sebastian Koo, another one of our YouTube members. Good to see you, buddy. Robert Ducky, he is back. Quackity quack, quack, quack. We need to get him back on the show at some point for sure. Uh, we've got Fadil Khan. Good to see you, buddy, again. Anyone else? Just got a Val. Good to see you, buddy. Double Gaming 25, here we come. And if, yeah, and then hey, hey from BW Splitter. So, yeah. We will obviously keep putting the stars on your questions as always. And in the live Q&A, we will timestamp it. So if you can't see the whole show before deadline, and there's a short turnaround between now and 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. So feel free to kind of go to specific matches you're considering assets in, the summary slides with the data, captaincy metric, or the Q&A. So yeah, we're going to try and make it super useful today and relevant to all of you and your teams and your dilemmas because I feel like whatever bed we make this week could have long-term connotations for the rest of our FPL seasons. But yeah, let's go into the philosophy, I think, from there, which despite us being late to go live, I think it's good. Two minutes 30 getting to the philosophy. It's not bad. Um, I think it can only get better from here. Well, we're making up time now, but we're sure, we'll sure, surely lose it later. Um, FPL philosophy for Game Week 25. This one is dedicated to FPL, uh, to, to Mariner, because Chris always says that the philosophies always have him stumped. And I'm like more confused than he felt like before the philosophy. So this one's for him. Uh, being a philosopher, I have a problem for every solution is the quote from Robert Zend. And the, the way I'm applying this, I guess, to to FPL is um, that that's kind of how like we go through our decision making process, right? Like we the one answer leads to the next question kind, kind of thing. But you could do that forever, like you, and and you can go around in circles, and you can go off tangents and off ledges and off friggin' planks and shit like that. But whoops, sorry, under five minutes, threw a word in there. No, 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 it's um, good. A minute is the worst. Under a minute is where it's okay. the worst. Under a minute, okay, okay. So we're safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but like you said, this is this is chip season, and at a certain point, you you know you make you you make your bed, and and you, and you have to lie in it, and and. That, that was the case for me. I did wildcard early, and, and the plan was to bench boost this game week. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at my team, and it has three flags. Um, I mean, I, I'd have to take a hit to 
to to cover like all my players to to bench boost. I do have two free transfers, um, but then then you have to think like, well, if that what the hit wasn't really the plan, and is it really worth it? So, um, you know, it's good to bring a problem for every solution. Problems will always come up, but at a certain point in time, you just have to like uh, float down the canal that you've made. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, and it's funny because when I hear the word solution, I cringe a little bit just because. In my previous role, I used to call myself like head of solution design. That was on my business card. So it's just a very vague way of uh, thinking, I guess, because there is always a solution for everything, right? So um, I totally agree with Robert Zend here. Um, I wouldn't call myself a philosopher. That part I don't agree with. But I do feel that it's more like I have a problem for every solution a lot of the time because how can there be a solution without the problem first? So for me, it's like, I told you the way I'm managing FPL and how it relates to that, uh, to go back into this uh, way of thinking, is that I'm always looking at an out list. I don't really have a watch list I mentioned to you. So I'm looking at my 15 players and which one is on the chopping blocks. Who do I want to get rid of? So I'm only really interested in assets that would replace the people in my out list. And therefore, I have a problem, right? So for these mm. problems, <laughs> the, the solutions are the transfers I'm buying in. But I try to not look for the solution <laughs> first because then I can be led, right? I'd rather actually see the problem, then get rid. So like a blanker, that's a problem. Not having double mm -hmm. game weakers, that's a problem. Injured players, that's mm -hmm. a problem. Then I look for the solution. So I, I love it. Yeah, I love it, honestly. Um, but yeah, let's. Um, I think that was quite fun. But let's keep going. Five minutes, 50. We're going to get to the first matchup, which is, again, going well, I think. Uh, we will try and make this one a bit shorter than usual as well, because obviously there's not much time to digest it before deadline. So Brentford versus Liverpool, six minutes in. Here we go, baby. So Liverpool have a 1.76 net XG to Brentford's 1.27. I know that this week, just to kind of put the statement out there, because the summary slides at the end, there doesn't seem to be a net XG below one. So kind of clean sheets aren't looking very good. So just to give that context at the beginning as we go through, there doesn't seem to be anywhere where the net XG is less than a goal for any team to score, I think. I think hmm. that's what I saw, but maybe I'm right or wrong. I don't know. You, you let me yep, know. That's right. That's right. Yeah, okay. there's no all next all net xgs are over one this game week. So um, yeah, we're not expecting many, if any, clean sheets. And and full full disclosure, I'm I am a little bit out of the loop. Um, I haven't really done a lot of research this week, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean I'm gonna lean on the on the the haulers in the chat to to give us insight, to give us their perspective, and on you, Nima. But it's just like overview here. Um, you know, first of all, let's. I guess let's talk about the Trent injury and mm -hmm. and how. I mean, I I have no idea how how that's going to shake out. I I could see, um, you know, you, you could see Bradley starting to take advantage of of the space left by Reguilon, right? Or you could see Gomez starting uh, to deal with uh, with the headed threat from set pieces from Brentford. So. I mean, but either way makes sense here for for Klopp. You so, could argue so it either really have... way, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's an equal argument. It is way, important so I... for me because I can't afford Van Dyke. So I think what I would say if I was going to go for the defensive pick, it's not necessarily this game I'd be getting the clean sheet for. So again, it sounds mm -hmm. like the next year for the Luton game as well isn't below one anyway for Luton. But that would be maybe the game I'd be considering a clean sheet in more regardless, I think. So... If I was to get a Liverpool pick, Van Dijk's like the only one. I feel like if money's no problem, like then I wouldn't question getting him if it doesn't hurt you too much for 26 and getting 10 or 11 players out with a transfer. However, I can't afford him if I want someone like KDB or even Salah potentially, which we'll talk about here as well. 
So not only is it is Bradley starting, is Gomez starting, is kind of like Konate's back as well from a suspension. Is he going to start both or just one? Um, you know, there, there's a lot of risks here. Um, Robertson's back, but then so is Simakas, who's going to start those. So it kind of does feel like Van Dijk's the only one that's safe. But equally, would it completely shock you if Van Dijk himself also got reduced minutes versus someone? Brentford yes. or Luton before the cup final? Yes. Okay. So yeah. he's definitely yeah. been one level above the rest, right? So he's at like the tier I one so. pick in defense. And every other he's the minutes pick. If pick. you want minutes, you get you get Van Dyke. But the thing is, you, you one, it's a it's a hefty price to pay for those minutes, right? Alex like six point four gives you minutes as well, right? Yeah, exactly. If you want the there. minutes, go Allison, right? Hmm. Um, so I'm but, looking at know, the Van upside, is, right? So I'm looking at like a Bradley because I can't afford a Van Dyke. So if I was to go there. I look at a Bradley and I've got to compare him against, again, I can't afford Saliba either, so double up on the Arsenal defence. So it leaves me with double game weekers like Regulion, Doughty. But the reality is, like, do I want some of those players this week? Like, do I want to be starting them this week? And I don't know if I do. And Bradley, I think mm -hmm. for me, the question isn't if he can start both games and the cup final. I think he's perfectly capable to play all three and start them. Maybe get an early sub against Luton if they're winning comprehensively. My concern with him is, is he in the right headspace to start straight away back against Brentford when there is a tactical setup as well, like you say, for Gomez coming in and like protecting against the set piece threats a bit more. So I know leaks is now this thing that just seems to be the way I'm playing. If you want to know for you, it won't work because you've got 4 a.m. deadline. But if I was to see, like, say, Bradley starts tomorrow and I was convinced it was accurate, I would definitely be going for him, even if I could afford Van Dyke. So I just feel like the upside there is very exciting. And I'm happy to just rot him on my bench after or deal with it whenever needed. But yeah, so that's my just so, two cents there. But what do you think about him being ready to be back? Because I think that's the only fear is he misses the first game because he's not mentally ready yet. He's only like he hadn't even trained. He's just come back. I, I I don't think I don't think that's a conversation that we. That there's no point. We can't really into know about it. Yeah, we'll never. So what like, we do we know we is on know the tactical about, side. Like, then, so do you think there's enough in it so, that would benefit so him starting tactically? Here's what I would say: like, there's there's equal risk that he's that he doesn't start in either one because mm. of the tactical situation, right? Because what what do what do Luton do? It's Dowdy sending balls in corners, crosses, Adebayo far post, Adebayo on on that on that far you know um, on on either post, and and now with Carlton Morris coming into the fray as well, like um, they they if they need if they need Gomez for Brentford, maybe they need Gomez for Luton as well. But my thought is that they want him for the cup final against Chelsea. So they'll want him to at least have started a game before then. And therefore, I think the Luton game is more likely. And it's more likely that if there was going to be minutes shed, I don't think he starts tomorrow. So that's why for me, it would who, take a leak. Uh, Bradley. So I don't think Bradley starts tomorrow no matter what. And I think oh. he starts the second game because of wanting to prep him to start one before the cup final. Because I think he'll get what, the nod in. That what makes you think well. that he starts the cup final? I just think he played quite well against them earlier before obviously he went away. Like when he had that game against them in the league, like I, I really thought mm -hmm. that it made Liverpool look a lot better with him there. Now he's only had a handful mm -hmm. of Premier League games. I think he's had two Prem games, four appearances in total. So he is an unknown. Like there is no guarantees that, that he can even start the games, as you say, or Hall. I think a lot is, of it is wishful thinking. Yeah. And, I found and the I mean, solution like, before the problem for this one. It's like Bradley's the solution. And I'm trying to force him into my team. But the and, thing is, like, I don't need to do that. Like, I have players who will definitely start. Bradley could be right Bradley could be the problem. <laughs> Without <laughs> the realizing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be the problem. So, like, what I'll say, like, 
I think yeah, what do you like the attackers as well? I, by the way, after well, if if Bradley starts against Brentford, I think he starts against Luton because it's yes, if it's yeah. the same risk, right? So um, then that means then I then I think if he starts against Brent against Brentford, and again, I, I'm just I'm just kind of guessing here, right? Then that kind of tells me that Klopp wants that attacking threat more than the the set piece protection. So if yeah. he doesn't think that he needs a set piece protection against Brentford, then does he need it against Luton, who's who who he'll score on more easily? Probably not. He'll want the attacking threat uh, against against Luton as well. So, you know, if 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 you're if it suits you, if it works for you to like get leaks and stuff like that, then yeah. then you. It's definitely going to help. And there might be no and, leak. So like, if there like, was no a, leak, I wouldn't buy him. I don't think that's what I mean. I no, would if need there's a no leak, leaks, you, you don't buy. Like, I am, yeah. Like, like I told you, like I, I refuse to play FPL like that. Like I'm In not going way, to. Yeah. I'm not gonna like I. I wake take up your life at, hostage um, and lose that couple of hours. Yeah, I'll wake up at 4:30 a.m. to catch the 5 a.m. game, right? But I'm not gonna wake up at like three to for an FPL deadline. So <laughs> like whatever happens happens. But yeah, let's get to the attackers because that that's that's more fun, right? Let's, let's yeah, yeah. So I think the, Jota. Do you, so obviously with the news today in the press of it. Salah is back essentially and like he's obviously therefore in contention because he's training with the team full team training so again the talk is seems to be that he will probably get minutes off the bench here start Luton sub early start cup final there's a part of me that thinks if he's fit and able to play he just plays all three and he plays good minutes in most of them I, I just think he's a fitness freak now I think depending on the type of injury he's coming back from maybe you would tell me that there's more reason to urge on caution and there's no need to kind of rush him into these games but Again, similarly, I sold him last week and I'm kicking myself because I bought Jota last week. And had I not done that and just saved the transfer, I would have got Gross's 10-pointer. And now this week, I wouldn't be buying Jota. I have him. He's great, but I wouldn't be buying him this week just with that kind of salad being added into the mix. So I just think the minutes are not going to be as good for both Darwin and Jota because I don't see Luis Diaz being displaced from the left. So I do wonder if, if, if I was a new buyer and I was going to go get the midfield, I'm interested to hear what you think about Luis Diaz because I know you generally like him, but equally, I just think he might be more secure on that left. And then kind of it's between Jota and Darwin who plays up top with Salah on the right. So I think that kind of worries me. And I'm a Jota owner and Darwin owner right now. And I think both of them could be impacted with their expected minutes definitely going down with Salah's return for the double. That So that kind of puts me off any captaincy of any Liverpool attacker this week. I'll be honest with you. Before they yeah, were an I, interesting I think, option, but it's kind of just put me off with the cup final. I, I, yeah, I, that, that, I, I there's think, too um, many factors. I think, you're, I, I think it's good thinking to like maybe like that it's risk enough to to stay off a captaincy there. But I I don't know, I don't know where this is coming from. The that Luis Diaz is more nailed than than any of the other ones. I I, I see them like if. If and when Salah returns, right? That either one of those three, like all three of them, will probably have some kind of rotation. Um, and and I think I think the preference would actually be, you know, especially given the results over the past month, like Jota starts, Jota's the nine, and then it's maybe between like Diaz and 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 Darwin. I mean, again, like I'll I'll get to Darwin in a second, but um, here's like just to, to get to Salah real, really quickly. Salah's coming off a, a pretty bad hamstring injury, right? So it was um, a hamstring strain. I think it was like a grade two or something like that, which is a partial tear. Um, now, he could be a fitness freak or, or whatever, but it just depends on how quickly the muscle is healing, 
right? And and if it's healed, it's healed. And if it's not, but it, we know what happens when you rush back hamstring injuries, right? I mean, the the the, the rate of recurrence for hamstring injuries is is through the roof. So so I don't think Salah will be rushed back. Um, I think that's more of an FPL Twitter narrative than than any any actual fo- football stuff. Um, yeah. Like any saying, logic like, oh, in my brain says it's not right, and especially with what just happened with Trent and the recurrence of the same injury because he was rushed, as they said, maybe before he was ready. Surely that yeah. makes him extra cautious and with the cup final coming. So again, it just kind of feels like it's even more a punt than Bradley in my eyes because just the sheer cost compared to Bradley, at least with Bradley, if it goes, you know, pair up, uh, tits up or whatever, like I'll just... It is. It it, you can. He can run. The rest of my bench, money yeah. is in my team. Yeah. Like with, with this, it's like okay. Then he blanks in twenty six. Then he blanks again, potentially. And, most and if likely. you th- if you think like through through Klopp's through Klopp's eyes, like he's he wants he wants that s- silverware. He's gonna risk yeah. Salah in, in against Brentford season. or Luton. No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think he take. I think he he thinks he can take care of Brentford and Luton without Salah, um, given the way they've been playing recently. Um, maybe he'll need the help of Connor Bradley. Maybe he'll need to do some some different things. But, um, but he he'll want Salah for the for the cup final, in my opinion. Um, so Salah maybe Salah is quite demanding of minutes. So like he'll, it's like we remember when he asked last week. He said, but oh, it's he not should be that back it's in training next week. And he said, yeah, but, but Salah, that's not really how it, but, but it doesn't work that way. Like it's it's the it's the the medical team that says if he's fit or if he's not fit. So, so yeah, so, so I mean, they've so cleared him, right? So they've he, cleared him. That's the thing, I guess. So they've cleared him. So I don't. Oh, I, see, I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm out of. I'm oh, yeah, out yeah, of the yeah. loop. Yeah, so I, he's if, fully cleared if, now. Yeah, yeah, so he's fully cleared, fully in the squad. Like he's guaranteed in the squad. Starting or not is a different story, but he is in the squad. Like he's fully past fit. He's full team training. Everything's been confirmed, but. That still doesn't give me any reassurance about him as a pick. I think it's FOMO. And I'll be honest with you, part oh. of me is thinking like... These are official again, reports? Yeah, yeah, it is like from the presser. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite... like I think the exact words are essentially just like... It's kind of like he is with the team. He is training with the team. Therefore, that obviously makes him in contention. Because they were like saying no. to him, like, is he in contention to be in the squad or play? And he was like, yeah, like he's fully team training therefore he is of, of course if, he's in contention. i mean if he's if he's fully training then then he's available then he'll start I mean, that's the thing so part of me then looks at that and i'm like oh okay because i really wanted uh aki as the defender i think is the best transfer in this week if i was going to get a mm. player and the problem is i can't get him if i'm going to try and get the Bruyne midfield right so there's a side of me that questions could a salah and ake mix go better for me than a KDB and Bradley mix. So then that's the kind of, that's for me, like mm-hmm. I'm there and I think I need to make my bed with it. Like, do I just wait for a leak? If no leak comes, I get KDB. Maybe I get Bradley. If I don't know Bradley starts, maybe I get a different defender, but it can't be accurate right? because it's KDB. So, or the alternative is if I don't know that Salah starts, I'm sorry, if I do know he starts, then just get Salah and Aki. It's like, get well, the I think, I, I think most. that, well, I, I think that depends what you're doing in 26 as well. I mean, yeah, I guess you, you so bring Salah in at the moment. Yeah, KDB will play next week, right? KDB has three in the next two. Salah has two in the next two. So then, then you have and something he has to do. In great. So when we get to City, I think we'll keep going through the matchups because we'll talk about Liverpool again. They got another whole matchup to go, but we'll, we'll talk more about their players as we get into the next game. But um, 
but yeah, but I, I, I think in, in my opinion, it's Luis Diaz and Darwin that have the, the most so risk of men safer than maybe the narrative seems to be that Diaz is the safer one. Okay. That yeah. is interesting to yeah. know. Yeah. Because I don't think Luis Diaz has been that great this season compared to some of what he's shown before at Liverpool. So equally, I'm not sure where this conviction that he's got that left spot lockdown comes from, but I hadn't really thought to question that narrative. I just went with it. So it's interesting. You put yeah, that thought in my mind. There's a, there's a question here from Elrond Cupboard. I, th I think we can cover right now. Reguilon to bring me joy with two asses. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do I do like um, Reguilon attacking like that right side. Even 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 if it's Gomez, because because I think Gomez will have his his handful hands full with Tony, so so I, I think Reguilon could get something. Um, I, I I like him as an asset for for the double, even though a clean clean sheet is very unlikely. Fair enough. Maybe maybe he's my pick if I didn't hear Bradley starts and I didn't mm -hmm. hear Salah starts. Point four million. I, I think there's good value there. And I think the fact he plays in both twenty six and twenty nine that's important. Exactly. To someone like me who's trying to ride through without chips. So. Maybe yep. he's a better pick. Doughty looks interesting because he's got two doubles, but I don't want a defender in that double this week. And then he blanks. So it's kind of like, why would I do that to myself? So, I yeah, regret so I think, getting Doughty. Yeah, that kind of... I feel like if I am going to get him, I'll get him in 28 itself once we know who mm -hmm. plays in 29. So if like Bournemouth plays, I'll get like Senesi. If, uh, you know, Luton plays, I'll get Doughty. So th there'll be options for me. I'll, I'll see how it goes with the fixtures. Burnley, Arsenal, and then we'll go quicker on some of these ones. So... I guess mm -hmm. the question here is, is a single game week defender transfer better than a double game week defender transfer? So, you know, thinking of like a Virgil earlier, he's got two games now and then a blank. Does getting someone like a Gabriel or a Saliba this week for less than the price of Van Dijk and getting the two fixtures in a row, the same number of fixtures. Is it a better pick long term? Like part of me thinks it is mm -hmm. like the fixtures are so good for Arsenal going ahead. That I think right now, I think if we talk about the average number of double game weekers, it seems that in engaged managers, the average is something like 5.6, 5.7 double game mm -hmm. weekers. So you see a lot of these wildcard teams have got eight, nine doublers, 10 doublers, the bench boosting. That's a different strategy. And I think if you're not on that strategy, you need to not panic and don't try to take loads of hits to get like a sixth, seventh, eighth doubler if they're doublers from teams like Liverpool and Luton who blank. So in this case, just going back to this game, with the matchup being what it is, so it's 1.77 net XG for Arsenal, 1.21 for Burnley. I would go out to say that this game has Gabriel Saliba goals written all over it again. Because right now, Arsenal yeah. scoring the most goals from set pieces in the entire league. And Burnley's expected goals conceded is the worst in the entire league from set pieces. So it's like, it just feels like, why wouldn't it? Like Arsenal are currently in form, rich vein of form. Like, I know it's away from home, but I have no fear going into this game, I'll be honest. Famous last words, but yeah, what do you think? I think, honestly, I would be getting an Arsenal defender this week if I had the slot and if I could afford it. I think it, it depends on how you're currently set up, how many Arsenal defenders you have, if you have Raya or not. So so all, all of those things dependent, right? But I would prefer, a say, a second Arsenal defender than Ake. I, I, I don't That's agree that Ake is the, the, is, is the prime defender target. I, I would target an Arsenal defender well, first. Did he, do you know what um, Pep said today? That uh, left back as well, uh, Gomez is back with the team too. So we, we, we've not seen him mm. much, but that's another actual left back who's just suddenly in the team. And that part gets yeah. left out of the quotes. All you hear is about how Guardiola's out for two to three weeks. No one out there telling you that, oh, but there's another left back available. Now, I know people are saying Akanji can play there, but now there's also the actual Gomez, the actual left back too. So there's always going to be a risk with Pep. 
Yeah, and and that's the thing. He has versatile defenders, right? So yeah, Akanji, Akanji, Guardiol, Ake can all play that left back, and then and then players getting healthy and stuff like that. So um, I, yeah, I think Arsenal defense is great, but I think they're great. I, I do think Burnley score here. Um, Burnley have been improving on, on in in terms of their attack, and and I think they've they've yeah, I, I think they're developing um, just different avenues of attack, and I think their flanks are starting to get better, and it's showing there actually, and the zonals are showing there. Look at the flanks. That's the two point eight on the left and two point six on the right for Burnley. It's it's not good, but it's it, it's just to show that it's improving. Um, yes, yeah, and, and I think yeah. our. Yeah, and then Arsenal, if um, for example, Arsenal inverted Ben White right against against West Ham. If they do that against Burnley, do Burnley do Burnley uh, capitalize with um, what's his name, Odobear, right? Odobear on on that left hand side yeah, um, can yeah. can hurt our Arsenal. Um, so so I, I think they concede, but but I agree with you. Saliba and Gabriel are are, are poised for potentially another. Um, a good headed matchup at least. And if they, well, you know, it, Arsenal did some things against West Ham. I, I'm going to go into them a little bit in, in terms of their, their set pieces and their corners. Um, there was a similar philosophy where they would put tall players, basically Gabriel and Saliba, up against shorter players because West Ham were set up in the z- zonal marking, right? So when you set up zonally, the biggest players are like in the middle of the six. So where Arsenal put their tall players at the back of the six. And then they sent their shorter players forward, right, to engage the tall players in the middle, and they sent the ball to the back of the six. And then they and you have and, and you have Ben they, White doing his famous uh, thing of obstructing the goalkeeper, standing in front of Ariola. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. Like you would think West Ham hadn't analyzed the videos to like get someone to help their goalkeeper out. Like, they, it was it was shocking because they couldn't help the goalkeeper out because the the guys the big guys that would help the goalkeeper out are too busy marking the small guys that Arsenal put in the middle of the six. It was it was just, it was brilliant by Arteta, really. Like they're just really intelligent. I do feel Nicholas over as well. Shout out to him because the set piece coach. He's I see him celebrating on the side oh, uh-huh. from both defensive set pieces and attacking ones. So he's been a revolution, that's for sure. It, and then and then I want to get to the the free kick, right? Um, Gabriel's goal. I think it was, yeah, Gabriel's yeah, goal. Yeah, so the where, rice free you see kick. Where, yeah. where everybody lined up, everybody lined up offside. You can't mark a player if he's offside, right? Because if you go back there, then you put bring him onside. They're so just it was, constantly it was just mixing a, it up. Yeah, there's so much like variety in these was, routines. It was just a genius. Well, I, I think it's the same concept. You put big mm. players in areas that where they can't be marked by other big players. That's the general philosophy, right? And in this case, they put the big players offside. And then what the the brilliant the, what was brilliant about it was like credit to the players for getting the timing right, knowing that West Ham will be running backwards as um who was it it was was it Odegaard that took the free kick uh, rice took it, it was Rice that's yeah, right yeah, yeah, Rice yeah. takes the free kick right and as Rice is is taking it West Ham's running backwards and the uh, Gabriel is running towards West Ham and that's how he gets onside, but yeah. but he's still not marked because he wasn't marked at the beginning of the play. And I think he he um, went up to Rice and he whispered to him and then he went back into the box and then he whispered instructions to the rest of the players and then they all went and stood offside, as you say. So it's kind of like, it, was, it just makes it me laugh so seeing it. Because I think to myself, like, surely, like, people are setting up to protect themselves from set pieces again when they face Arsenal because of the fact that they've been scoring the most set pieces of any team in the league. So the fact mm-hmm. that they then still continue to find a way through and sometimes multiple times in a game like this one, 
it does make me think, wow, like these guys are pretty good. Like, um, I don't think they get enough credit perhaps for how good they actually are. Um, you know, this well, is I mean, they, they haven't team on stats. I mean, just statistics. There hasn't though, been like, no one's really. There hasn't been a display like, like that this season, though. Like th- this no, no, is like course, the first. But it comes this, off this the Liverpool the... game, right? So it comes off the back sure, of the sure, Liverpool sure. game sure. where they got reduced to like one shot on target, and you know, City came as well to the Emirates. And they that's got a, yeah, but, okay, yep, yeah, that's but a but different. Starting to show that they're more robust. So when you looked at Arsenal before. You could really get at them in their back line, and you know, on a transition, yeah. if you just hoof the ball over the top, like th- th- there might be easy ways to confuse the defenders and just get in. Whereas now they're fighting for each other. Yeah. Like at the end of this game, just to put it in perspective, against um, West Ham last week, there was a period when um, I think it was uh, Raya made a save, then Gabriel got a block as well. But at that point, there's a video clip, and there's like five, six Arsenal players. As soon as the other player in West Ham gets the ball, and looks like he might shoot. Six of them in unison sprint onto the goal line. I've not seen anything like it. Like just the way that this team are now coordinated together and understand each other's movement and positions and fill in for one another as teammates if someone moves out of position. It just feels quite exciting. So I think with the fixtures ahead, I actually think that they are much better. And I think it's what Ducky's saying, right? I thought this is a prime example, Burnley versus Arsenal, of a game that people are going to maybe even sell Arsenal players to go get double game weekers. Because this is it feels like one of those weeks where just people are going to go crazy on the double game weeks themselves, but there'll yeah. be assets. That, that, like that would be that would be a big points. mistake, I think. That would be a big like, mistake. Imagine, I think. Would you play I, like I, a Regulion or a Doughty, <laughs> for example? Sorry, would you just play like Regulion or Doughty over like a Saliba this week just because they have two fixtures? I don't know if I would. I'd think twice. I would try to play Regulion. Yeah. Not not over not over one of these guys, but you, you got to play both. But, but really quickly on, on Arsenal, because Arsenal did something else different in, in mm-hmm. this game. And that was they lined up Trossard as the nine and Havertz in midfield. But those two had free row, like a free reign to like interchange. And if, if you look at their um, if you look at their maps, their touch maps. And sorry, I, I don't have heat maps this, this week. It's just been a busy week. But if, if you look at them, they're almost exactly the same. Which I thought was really interesting. And that, that's a way that they're destabilizing defenses. And the other thing that, that that happened as a result of that, if you look at um, the expected threat maps of Declan Rice, Martin Odegaard, and, um, and Havertz, it's all along the left-hand side, all in similar areas. So I think that interplay between Trussard and Havertz and not having like a dedicated nine, but having that fluid movement opens up the left-sided creativity and makes Arsenal that much more dangerous. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think just, and we'll keep going in the interest of time because we'll talk about these players again, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I think the other interesting thing I've noticed is that Odegaard is now kind of like an all phases creator. So he is also mm. building out and creating from further back in the pitch. And that means mm. he's not, not getting into the half spaces Saka would want to cut into from the wingers often. So I do feel like Saka is now getting into these better positions that maybe we weren't seeing mm. before, where he was definitely playing a different role in the team. So yeah, so I think that's just something keeping an eye out because. It feels like Odegaard's involved in everything we do. And I think that last game, that was one of the most amazing games for me of watching Odegaard. Like, I just felt like I was watching the magician do his work and it, it was surreal, like, just what he did. I'm sure he got two assists as well in the game, but yeah, he just, he was phenomenal. So I think with mm-hmm. that in mind, I'm I'm really bullish on Arsenal and I wouldn't actually even be nervous next week, for example, to get like a second Arsenal mid if I didn't have two defenders. So I think attacking-wise, the fixtures up until the blank are pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. And for me, like if Arsenal want to have any chance of competing till the end this season, 
they're looking to try and win all of the next five before they play City. So like they have to win those five. If they don't win all five, I don't think there is a title challenge. I think attention kind of shifts to Champions League from there. So yeah, with that in mind, I definitely feel like triple Arsenal up until the next blank is the way for me. It's just whether it's double defence or double attack and it's worth considering. Um, Odegaard, I think, is a great option with the new changes. But yeah, let's go to the next one. So this one is Fulham versus Villa. We won't spend too long here. I think the key thing is Villa playing, obviously, both blanks, as do Fulham. So, you know, we've talked about Pau Torres this week. He's not yet to actually play a minute since being back. So that always makes me uneasy. There's loads of injuries to Villa. We've obviously had confirmation of the ACL for Kamara. So that leaves a big hole there in the midfield. We've got Diego yeah. Carlos is now out as well, I believe, for a couple of weeks. Got maybe a hamstring issue there. You've got Consus still out. So I kind of look at it now and I'm like, do I want to invest in here? I have Watkins away at Fulham and that's great, but I don't know if I'd be looking to buy a defender. I think people who are doing it and praying are just like, I just think it's so destabilizing all these injuries. I think Fulham could nick it here. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think Villa have become with all those injuries. Villa are a hard avoid. Even even Watkins, like if you own mm. him, you keep him. Obviously, the fixtures are still good, and you know he, he could still get something. But I think that you know how we were trying to make decisions between like a, a multitude of forwards, like who's better, Watkins or Tony or Solanke or Darwin, and and which I I think this knocks Watkins down kind of below that that tier um so obviously if you have if you have the assets villa assets and stuff i don't know it, it depends on what you can get for them like if you're sitting there with with a um with a watkins and you don't have darwin and you want darwin for the double i think that's fair enough um you would do it even though they're blank because they're getting the same amount of pitches it, ultimately right yeah it's the same amount of pictures and, and it also it depends what your plans are right <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah, know what and, you mean. And, i feel like the, with watkins right now i can't see a huge haul with what's happened to Villa. I think Douglas Luiz could potentially have implications on his positioning. He could end up not playing as advanced, now having to go back into that sixth role with Kamara out. So I just feel like it disrupts a lot of stuff and it makes them an avoid for me. Fulham, though, 1.87 net XG to Villa's 1.32. So the metric seems yeah. to also be with Fulham here. So shout out to Comb as well, one of our super haulers, who he'll be very happy as a Fulham fan to see that. But yeah, should we... Um, <laughs> Is there, I guess, one thing I do want to ask actually before we go, just to make an FPL relevant question. I've seen some who own Moreno are looking to move him on. Is that just because of fear of like the minutes being shared with Dean, Lucas Dean? Or like, because I, I I don't know if I had a Villa defender right now, I wouldn't necessarily be actively looking to sell them, but it equally feels like maybe it's an opportunity to attack and notice this destabilizing moment. So similarly, Jonas wanna... in the chat asks about, is Moreno playable here? I mean, yeah. I guess it depends who else you have. Like, um, you you should have some Arsenal defense, right? Um, like, you, you probably have doublers. You probably have so so. I don't know. I, I, he's playable, but he's not a choice pick. I, I'd say he's he's probably not a choice pick here. I I, I think um, Villa defense is a kind of like fire sale. I, 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 okay, so I don't, I don't see them keeping it's many many clean sheets. It's 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 an exit for village, yeah, yeah. But again, it depends what you can get and what what your plan was and stuff. Like say say you had Villa to um to play them against Sheffield United in twenty six, right? Then and then yeah. it's not an exit. So that's what it's, I mean. It just, yeah, it's tough. But is it an entry? Because for me, it's like, do you bring one definitely in not an entry? Okay, not no an entry. Shout out to Sea Hunt as well, <laughs> sub QTs. So yeah, we'll keep starring your questions and as we go, we'll come back to the Watkins Tony question for the hit later. I think um. 
let's just keep going for now because we will talk about a lot of these plays in the Q and A, and let's make up mm-hmm. some time here with some of these fixtures, and then we'll spend more time on the Q and A instead, right? So. Right Newcastle on. next. And we do have two extra fixtures, so we do have to crank Yeah, through. yeah, I was going to say. So definitely the next three or four, I'm going to be like doing... This one was four minutes. I'm going to keep them... Some of the ones before were 10 to 15 minutes. So we're going to definitely be speeding up. But Newcastle 1.95 next, G to Bournemouth 1.77. What do you say to Gordon and Trippier owners here this week? Do things look I mean, good? Start your, lanky? start your attacking assets, right? Both teams to score, maybe a couple here. Nice 2-2. Two teams that can't defend. Um, Newcastle keep losing defenders, keep losing midfielders. Um, Yeah, start them all. I'm excited for it. I think Gordon gets something. I think... um, I got to be honest. I can't figure Solanke out. He's going to be unavoidable in in a couple of game weeks. Um, But it seems like in, in those games where you get really excited about him... I don't know. He he he's, he's disappointed in a, in a couple of them. So I'm, I'm not really sure. But what I like about Bournemouth here is if Tavernier plays on that left hand side, I, I think Tavernier and, and Solanke hook up for 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 some some good production here in this one against Newcastle. Um, that could Tavernier that be an interesting side, pick because you know Bournemouth yeah. could be the team that get a game week in 29. You can maybe use them as an interesting option with the double they have obviously in 28. I just feel like maybe this week isn't the entry point. And it's kind of right. like, once you know before the double in 28, if they do definitely play in 29, I mean, Tavernier will become mm-hmm. a really interesting and popular pick. And that's why I'm kind of nervous about going into like a Douglas Louise and say game week 26 as like a Jotto or Palmer replacement or something. And then actually getting to 28 and being like, why do I have Douglas Louise? And he's playing like as a six now with all the injuries and Tavernier has a double and he doesn't blank. But I went Douglas Luiz just because he doesn't blank in 29, not thinking about yeah. what's happened to Villa right now. So I think, yeah, I think maybe you're right. This gives me food for thought in terms of who to target. For Newcastle, do you have any And really quickly, here's on? here's another. Yeah, here's another. Yeah. yeah there, I was going to throw that up there too. We're, we're on the same page here. Um, Shaz asks, uh, thoughts on Barnes? I, I'm really excited to see Harvey Barnes in, in play, starting for Newcastle, to be honest. I, I want to see what Newcastle looked like with Barnes on the left and Gordon on the right. I, I think they're... I, I don't know. I just I have a feeling that it's really it's going to work really well, and and their attack is just, is going to be quite explosive, um, and maybe account for some of those defensive frailties that they're that they're experiencing these days. So um, I th- I think Barnes could be a pick that was maybe as good or close to as good as Gordon has been. Um, so it would be interesting to see. Yeah, it would be interesting to see, and I think obviously there's been news as well that Callum Wilson's having a surgery, I believe, on his pecs. So. I think that's what the injury was. Um, it sounds like it was something in the upper body that he hurt. So, yeah, he's looking like he's going to be out for eight to 12 weeks, they're saying. So uh, I don't know if we'll see. He mm. might be retiring from Newcastle for good at this stage. Um, who knows, honestly. But, um, yeah, so I wonder what impact that will have on them as well. So I think they're a watch and see as well. I'm not too keen to go there now. I now have Dubravka. Seeing this net XG, I'm wondering if, like, actually, like, Ariola, even though West Ham are away at Forest. If that's maybe better. So when we get to that matchup, I'm interested to see because mm. this does not look good, like a 1.77 next G for Bournemouth um, against Dubravka. And I do wonder if I'm letting the home fixture weigh too heavily for me here rather than actually the fact that surely West Ham have got to bounce back from that embarrassment against Arsenal. Like, you know, those players will never want to see a repeat of something like that in their career. So I think last time they got battered so badly, they went on a run where they just like 
somehow got clean sheet after clean sheet every week. So <laughs> hopefully they bounce back the yeah, same way. Maybe I, yeah, true. maybe I need to reassess my uh, Dubravka pick here. It doesn't look... Trippier I'd still like, based on what you said about the attack, but I think I need to rethink it. And Wow, as if by magic. It's the exact game go. that naturally goes into it, which is Forest versus West Ham. So this one isn't too great either. I think nothing is great for a clean sheet this week, but Forest a 1.54 <laughs> net XG and West Ham a 1.42. Yeah, that still looks kind of bad for Ariola too. I'm not going to lie. Um, the left zonal for Forest flies up at 4.3. I'm wondering um, if you think that that could be like a tactical matchup that West Ham are going to struggle with here. Because West Ham have looked really poor, but surely they've got to like play for some pride now. Position in the table is decent. It's crazy when you look at how they're playing right now and then like look at, oh, actually, they're doing pretty well on the table. They're not even like close to a threat of like relegation. Mm. Like, these guys could fight for Europe. <laughs> I feel like they're missing that striker. Like, you know, like I feel like not having had Antonio, even though we laugh about him, him spearheading the attack is so important. And I actually do think... Is he back? He should be. Like, I'll, I'll look into that. I but think yeah, he's I think back. That's, yeah, let me have a look at... Yeah, well, 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 while you have a look, I'll, I'll just take a look at this one. Like, Forrest have, you know, especially at home on, under uh, under Nuno, Forrest have... They, they've been scoring their goals, right? So they get between, you know, one one to two goals every single game. They they, they do they do have, a I guess, an improved attack since Nuno has taken over. Um, but that West Ham's right side has been exposed for, for quite a while now. Um, Sofal is, is kind of getting... He's... It's it's interesting because he's he's just not reacting quickly enough, and and then he gets he's he's quick, but he's getting beat for pace because of his reaction is too slow. So I, I think um, like so far, so yeah, that that could be like an area of uh, of weakness for for West Ham, but I think West Ham are also kind of getting healthier. If Antonio's back, then that that puts Bowen on the right hand side where he wants to be. Maybe Kudus plays on plays at the ten. Um, that would be exciting. Know. Yeah, if he played there. Yeah, now is Paqueta? I know he's been out for a while. Him potentially returning. I'm trying to find out news on that as well. But yeah, if you could, you could check out um, Premier injuries. Yeah, so on February fourth, he'd said we're hoping Paqueta is only a week or two away from returning. It's currently showing at fifty percent on Premier injuries and being assessed. For him, it actually says the potential return is 26th of Feb. So I think maybe this week will come too soon. But for Antonio, right. saying he's past fit, and it's showing him as 100% mm. and saying return 17 of Feb, which is tomorrow. So actually, that like, even though Paqueta's so, not ready to come in and take that That's left, a big deal. In the middle. They're going to have Antonio as spearhead the week after. They're probably going to have Paqueta again. Suddenly, that team maybe yeah. doesn't look as poor. And you know they also don't blank for a while. So they can... Well, I, I think if you own... I think if you own Bowen, you're it's, he's now he's a hold. Um, I I'm okay. not interested. I I I I don't want any West Ham players. But if you if you've already invested, I think you're feeling good with with the return of Antonio. Yeah, BW Splitter says Antonio is back. Uh, greetings to Grady. Good to see you. Shout out to Jared as well. Uh, Stewie says uh, West Ham are unreliable. They give up some games randomly in the league. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. That's for sure. Um, oh, Ron, ahoy, shippers. Good to see, you, buddy. We'll. we'll keep going um, because I wouldn't be buying assets from these teams this week but I do think West Ham are an interesting one next week because of the fact that they don't blank in either game week so yeah they're definitely someone I'm looking at Kudus is a player I'm really looking at I'll be honest with you I don't know if I would even go Bowen despite if I had the money I do feel Kudus I'm really excited and 
I, I hope to kind of maybe go there. So he's an option for me next week. We'll come back. To I, I don't want any West Ham players. I, I love Kudos. He's right? an amazing player, but I, I just I don't want any part of the, uh, any Moyes attack. You know about that. <laughs> I can't really disagree with that. But um, <laughs> yeah, so we've got Tottenham versus Wolves. Uh, 2.15 next year for Tottenham, 1.52 for Wolves. I think the, the key things to add here from the presser are that it looks like they're going to be without their preferred fullback pairing. So there is the question of how much that impacts their ability to create. Obviously, Sun is in the team again, so that's great for them. Got an assist off the bench in his cameo last game. But ultimately, you know, if Poro and Udogi aren't there, they're both ruled out now by the manager for tomorrow. That doesn't fill me too much with confidence. I'm not going to lie. Um, I feel like I'm a Poro owner, and he's the person who'd be moving for like a, if I do sell him, it would be to like an Ake, as I mentioned. If I don't get KDB, or if I was going to get KDB, maybe I'd move um, Poro to someone else like um, Regulion or Brady, right? So this he's only meant to be a couple of weeks away and they have a blank. So part of me is like, Spurs playing 29. I'm going to want to buy him back if he starts 27. That's a good home fixture. If he was playing this week, I, I don't think I would make that move. I'd have to sell like someone mm -hmm. else, like Taylor or Estupinian. But Brighton have good fixtures coming up. So I'm like, do I really want to sell Estupinian when Matoma's back? Like, do I really want to do that? So... And they're playing Sheffield this week. Like, do I really want to sell that? So then part of me is like, well, if Poro's injured, then yeah. Maybe I do just sell him and see what happens. Because what if he's not back by 27? And I hold him just because I thought he'd be back for 29. So part of me is now like, okay, I'm pretty set on selling Poro. And I I just feel that by 27, they should probably be fine. But I can use a transfer to buy them then. Like that week, I'd be more happy to move back to him. So part of me wonders, is that double game week fever? Am I just panicking here and trying to buy like a double game weaker, like a Regulion Bradley or Ake, knowing that I'm going to want to buy Poro back and have triple Spurs to navigate 29 without a hit? Well, so that's, that's a difficult um, What's What's Poro's, like Poro's due back on, it says here March 2nd. I, see, I, this one came out of the blue for me. I, um, I'm not up to date on, on what, what's going on injury. there. Yeah, so it's a muscle injury. He felt it in training. So mm -hmm. it wasn't in a match situation. It happened in training. And um, yeah, it's like a strain. He's picked up a strain. Um, and then he says okay. maybe a couple of weeks for him. So with that couple of weeks, i got to take that face value and say, yeah, he's going to be back for that next game. There's a blank in between. That's your couple of weeks right there. Mm -hmm. If it's just a strain and he's saying a couple of weeks, i got to believe him, right? Like, I can't think it's much more sinister than that. Like, but then part of me is like, so should I just sell him anyway, though? And to chase that upside of a double game weaker and then kind of daisy chain, if you see what I mean. So like, I don't mm. want to sell Stupinian this week. I want him for the next two and he plays in the blank. So why not sell Poro who blanks is injured. That's two blanks. Get free fixtures out of whoever I buy for him instead of zero. Mm -hmm. And, and then maybe I'm more willing to get rid of it. Stupinian then but get these good fixtures out of Estupinian in the meantime. So that's where I kind of feel like some teams maybe have that luxury of if, if you're midfield and forwards, you're happy with them for the double game week and blanks. But why not optimize elsewhere? Like I would have kept Poro and started him if he wasn't injured, but it's got to be a real decision now for me. I think it's my most likely transfer. To sell how, wait, how, how, much, how much money do you have invested in Poro? So he will cost me at the moment probably 0.3 more to buy back, but I assume he will drop at least once and so 0.2 more to buy back. And he might even drop more, right? You never know. So 
I'm kind of like, yeah, well, you know, I pay 0.2 million, but I get three fixtures out of someone who's going to stay in my team long term. And then equally, I can also just buy him back and not miss Estupinian. So this is a difficult one for me. But yeah, Shaz says flagged until March 2nd, like you said. So that is game week 27. So he, he will likely be back. But again, I also don't want to be using a transfer for him that week. That's just something else I want to add because part of my thinking that week is to get someone like Hyung Min Sun or a Spurs mid for that run right. of fixtures and for the fact that they don't blank at 29. So then I'm like, am I committing to a hit? Is it really just a free transfer back to poor? Is it a step backwards? Player? Or is it that? Yeah, so then it's kind of like, and now, therefore, do I just skip all that? Do I just not do that? Do I just put him on my bench for a week? So that's find, my biggest find upside that's elsewhere. I bring that up. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I don't. I think Wolves will score, to be completely honest with you. I think, I know Cunha got injured, but I need to check his status, but... I'm pretty confident with Huang back. One thing we've got something good coming. BW Splitter come, says uh, he moved Porro up for Reguilon, um, especially because Udogi has been so much more attacking lately, um, and and that that's true. Udogi has has been closer to the box uh, in recent games, but I don't know. I, I expect that to kind of switch uh, because when when everybody was healthy at the beginning of the season. It was Borro was still the the more the more threatening player. So and and Udogi's just a, he's just a little bit of a mess around the box when he gets like in and around that area. He's he's yeah, a he little wild. To, so. Yeah, he seems to lose the plot a bit if he gets the ball in the box. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. He's definitely being asked so, so to play that, there. Yeah, yeah, but that, that could I think that could go back and forth. But um, but I, I I wouldn't fault anyone for that move either, especially if you know how that impacts you going forward. And you know maybe you don't you don't even want like, back. like for maybe me you... right like so, so for me for example right it would actually fund me like De Bruyne, so that's like what it would do for me. It's like I'm not point mm-hmm. million short of Palmer to De Bruyne, and I would need to go down from Poro to afford him. That's the only way mm-hmm. I can free up money this week. To get and, to the and, and maybe you, when you go to bring them back and you say you, you don't want to spend that two million that you would lose, then you bring in Udogi instead, and then that's, that's what I mean. So I could then so, even maybe change yeah, yeah, the plan. Absolutely. So who knows if yeah. the plan will be the same? So yeah, part of me feels like he From, he can be a sell, but a lot on the timeline seems to be keeping. I have too many mm-hmm. issues to be keeping him. I need to use this as an advantage and move when maybe most won't. If um if Son plays if Son starts on the left, watch. I mean, Son could explode against Semedo on that on that side. I think he could really take like that that zone match. I consider just buying him I, this week for this fixture, and then just benching him next week. It's no different to buying like a Salah for me this week. So part of me is like, should I do it? But with well, the, the fullback injuries, yeah. But with the fullback yeah. injuries, I'm like, no chance, no chance. Yeah. I'll um, keep a keen eye on him for game week 27 purchase. He could come in as soon as game week 27. I pray to God you're wrong and he does not go crazy this week. Because if he gets like a hat trick, then I won't be the only one bringing him in in game of 27. So I need him to stay. That's yeah. quite like, I need him to just like look <laughs> really quiet. good, but just I, about miss out on the pool. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely think he could get something. And then from Wolves' side, um, I think uh, Pedro Neto, um, even, even though the, the left is quite red there for Wolves, now like Net, Neto hasn't been playing on the left, but it, I saw um, FPL Black Wolf um, on on X posted that he expects Neto to play on the left hand side, and if he does, I think that improves Wolves' creativity on that side and the Neto to Huang centrally connection. I think uh, I think could bear fruit. I, I honestly think that without their fullbacks, I, I, I'm going to go for a Wolves win here, like a shock win away from mm. home. I'm going to go for that. 
Stewie says Poro has been overplayed, been hobbling in the last 10 minutes of several games now. Sell for me. So then there's also that yeah. to think about. Like, it's all well and good the manager saying he's going to be a couple of weeks, mate. And then, like, who knows what happens after that. Man City versus Chelsea. This is the super exciting 5.30 kickoff tomorrow for us in the UK. 2.17 net XG for Man City. 1.14 for Chelsea. It's the Cole Palmer derby. Seller and venture beware. <laughs> Seller and venture beware. I'm talking to myself. Ghost of Christmas past. Ghost of Christmas present. But yeah, so I just don't see how this isn't a complete like like the next she says it's going to be like a two one maybe a three one but I would not be shocked if City go for a statement victory here. I, I really need Chelsea to take points. So I'm a big Chelsea fan. I'm a blue tomorrow. I might even wear a blue <laughs> shirt at the FPL meets just so that obviously not sky blue that's for sure. But um, just to clarify for any listeners out there, no sky blue. We don't like that. But yeah, please, guys, um, let us know what you're thinking here. Is your triple captain this week playing in this game? I know mine is. So as the thumbnail would allude to, I have for the triple cap on Haaland. I own, um, you know, Foden already. And now I'm like, do I get De Bruyne? Do I get Ake? You've put me off Ake a bit. So then part of me is like, do I take that hit for De Bruyne and sell Poro? Do I bench Poro and just go for Doku? Mm. Take the opportunity now that Grealish is injured and confirmed out. Do I just punt on Doku? Like, just roll the freaking dice. Like, I don't need a hit for that. I don't need to sell Poro for that. So, yeah, I'd love to know if you think this game with the left zonal for Man City at 4.5 and with Grealish's confirmed injury, does this hype you a bit for Doku or am I getting ahead of myself with him? Because I really like Jeremy Doku. I'm so relieved. It's a big punt, though, I think. I'm. Captain Doku? <laughs> no, not Captain. Just, just buy. No, just, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely, I'm not yeah. the Captain. <laughs> no, so, so I, I obviously still uh, have Doku and, and yeah, that that Grealish injury kind of saved me. I didn't expect Doku to play both games, and now I, I am kind of expecting it. And, and maybe he won't. Maybe Foden will go to that side, and, and Bernardo will play on the right. Like, mm. I'm. Bernardo's I'm, also got a late test for the first game, at least. So. Bernardo himself, oh, okay. we don't even know if he's going to be ready to play. <laughs> okay, yeah, so... yeah, so, yeah, everything's lining up for Jeremy Doku, yeah. Jeremy Doku, maybe I will captain him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I think, uh, I don't know, I I think Chelsea, I wouldn't say, I think put up a fight would be generous, but but I, I don't think they they make things, well, they'll make things easy on City. Uh, I think City will have to work for it, and, and I think they will... I, absolutely dominate the game but i think they will have to work for it um but you know who's going to play on the right for uh for chelsea and it's going to be either malo gusto who can definitely be beat defensively or um um uh, who, who who's who's the alternative out there it was um oh so i think this is there sometimes right this like sometimes played there the right back they do want the right back sorry gusto and yeah, right, right back would yeah. be Gusto, and and even Desasi at right center back. He's he's been so poor that that I I I think Doku's going to take advantage of them. But mm. I mean, City for the double. Um, I mean, you get Basically them. I, a I, fit I, squad apart from Grealish, really. Like it's still quite nerve wracking buying anyone that isn't Haaland or De Bruyne. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say, like in in this one, I don't think this is necessarily a game for uh, De Bruyne now. Chelsea's center mids haven't been great this season, but they have the potential to be really dangerous. Like, and in, in terms of 
physicality and will like the the tackles and and will will De Bruyne kind of stay a, away from that kind of contact zone and be a little bit deeper, maybe spreading the ball wide and stuff like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if um, if De Bruyne was was just a little bit deeper in this one to give himself more space to uh, to create. Um, so I don't think he's necessarily the one to get here, but I, but I love, I love the, the wings and yeah, I, I love the wings in this one. It'll be interesting so the, the, to see the second matchup the as well, right? It'll be interesting to see how it compares if, if maybe that one is a more of a De Bruyne game or not, because ultimately I think the biggest decision here is if you had one free transfer and you didn't have three Man City players, I feel like that is the most obvious use of the transfer because they double and then they don't blank. But then equally, mm-hmm. what City players do you think will play all three? So we say, yeah, yeah, do I get the double? Like, that's great. You might get a double. You might not get the blank when you need the 11th player. So it's like, part of me is almost like, would you prefer like a start and a cameo in this game week so you do get the start in 26? So now I'm mm. starting to look at it as a free game week stretch because if I'm buying a City player like an Ake, it's great if he starts the next two, not if he doesn't start 26 though. I will not, that, that will not help me. That would have meant mm-hmm. that someone else would have been way better for me long term. So, yeah, that's the difficulty for me. Like, I don't want to be pushed into the situation. I just want to ask you about Cole Palmer from Sebastian Coup, and then we'll go, we'll move on because we're going to talk about City in their next matchup as well. But, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a City win. Um, that's what my brain says anyway. My heart would love a draw, but I, I just do not see it. Cole Palmer, though, could he be the way that Chelsea get points here? Go back and prove himself to the team he left last summer? Any, anything in it that makes you think he could do it? Or, or is Chelsea yeah, just too for sure. functional? You think he's no, got enough star sure. factor? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He could, and, carry, and... he could carry Chelsea over that line because that's what he'll have to do. Him and Nkunku. Yeah, and I, I think he could. Um, I, I think he could get something like I think he could fly past Ake on 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 a counter attack or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I would. I wouldn't put. I mean, I. I He's not. He's not one of the uh, top starters of the game week, right? Um, like, like that's the, that's for sure. But um, but say you have like a Watkins away at Fulham, like I do, right? Like, do you play him over a Cole Palmer? Because I would. Like I feel yeah, like right sure. now I would I, be playing Watkins, right? I just feel like yeah, yeah. Like what is a tougher fixture than City away? That there's not many in a season. And and it could be it could be Mkunku instead of Cole Palmer, right? I, I, the thing I think the point is I think City concede. I do th- I do think they concede. Yeah, it, it, on, on a counter attack here. City def- it feels like Edison <laughs> is the reason they concede this bloody season. Every time the guy faces the shot, it goes in. First shot in every game. It's just like I don't know what's going on. I was laughing at Anana all season, but my guy's the leader for the Golden Glove. He's on so, it. <laughs> he is on it. Yeah, <laughs> he is on case. He's he just he's he's definitely uh, I love him as he's, a goalkeeper because he's just so much entertainment in every way. Like he, he just like seeing him with the boombox at Afcon walking along, having traveled there to like basically like not start a couple of games and then fly back and not miss a single prem game. Like I was like this guy, I just love like, him so much. I feel like I'd have a good night out with him. Like he'd be a funny person to hang out with and have a good time. Rene yeah, I, he has a Rene Yigita vibes from uh, the, that Colombian goalkeeper with his scorpion <laughs> kick. He has the same kind of vibes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But we'll come back to these teams as we say because we're definitely going to be talking about them. There is also Thiago Silva. Sounds like he's ruled out in this game against City. So interesting to know if that 
benefits uh, City or not. But Sheffield United versus Brighton. This doesn't look great for Brighton, mm. apart from the left zonal. And who is back? But Mitoma himself, 4.6 zonal on the left. It stands out above all the other ones, which are like below three. We've got 1.56 net XG and 1.5 for Sheffield. So the net XG looks very close. It's looking like a 1-1-2-2. One, one, two, two. But I do think that the individual brilliance of Mitoma being there to kind of combine and help us stooping down that side. Surely this is a routine Brighton win. Like I know Sheffield surprised everyone last week against um, Luton, where they just quickly came in and everyone thought that was the week for their Luton defenders. And instead they did absolutely nothing and got hammered by Sheffield. Could Sheffield United make a repeat of last week? Everyone seems to think Brighton will walk all over them, but your data doesn't seem to think that. Your data has them well, pretty much on par. Yeah, I mean, and but my my data is the data here represents Brighton without Matoma and without a lot of players, right? So, so I think I would take that with a grain of salt. That left zonal pops up like that, um, not because of Brighton's data, but because Sheffield United have conceded the most chances from the right side oh, in the wow. last six home <laughs> yeah. games. So, so since it's a defensive weakness and we don't have data for the offensive prowess of Brighton, like. If we did have data with Matoma, if Matoma had been playing yeah, the, the last, last couple six, months, he's not, yeah, like the last right. six, he's not played. So this right? four point so, six is without Matoma. I damn. think Matoma could go absolutely bonkers in this one, and is one of the choice single game week players of, of the game week. I, yeah, and and then if if you look at then the what after, about after Gross? this one, well, well, hold on, just to stay stay yeah, on Matoma really one. quickly, right? Um, Sheffield United, obviously, with that weak right zonal. Then against Everton, up against likely Ashley Young or something like that. Then up against uh, Fulham, um, who's also weak on on their right hand side. Um, and then they have Forest. Wow, it's it's just an incredible run. I I, I think I don't think Matoma's being talked about enough. He's the one we're gonna miss out on because we're, we're trying to get double game week players. And he doesn't blank. He could be the one we like. Everyone like pivots to after a haul against Sheffield United is like, oh wow, Matoma's he exists. We yeah, forgot next, about him. Next week it will be like, oh yeah, like Brighton won five one. Matoma got twenty one points. I'm gonna buy him instead of buying um, Wang or Bowen or someone. It's like it's like all the attention might shift. So I think if you're not buying and him then, this week, he's another one you want to keep quiet because you don't want people to pile into him just because of the yeah. haul. Like, you almost want to keep it secret. He's not going to be secret after this match, I don't think. But then to, to get to your gross question, I think it's similar. Like Sheffield United are not are are weak between the lines when they when they play that deep back five. So in front of that that back five, you know, Gross could get something from there. Um, Everton, not so much. Uh, that that midfield will be pretty pretty jammed for against Everton. Um, Fulham, you have Palinha, so again, not so much. And then Forest, I think it's it's good again. So I think it's a bit of a mixed bag for uh, for Gross. And then Shaz asks, he mentions um, Esther might be rotated with Lamperty. I don't think that. No, I don't, I don't so think now Lamperty's minutes have got worse because now that Hinchwood's yeah. out, and it sounds like I don't know if it's all season, but the rumor was it was all season. A leak came out the day before. And then in the official athletic, they were like, oh, my God, his season could be done. So with him gone, you suddenly then kind of need a Stupinian at left back because before yeah. Lamperty would play at left back ahead of him. But now Lamperty's playing at right back with Hinshelwood out. And there are times as well when Veltman could play at right back 
and he tucks in nicely into the back line to allow Stupinian yeah. to go further forward. So there's a world now where the tactic would be if Stupinian plays as like a left centre-back or a left-back, and you have uh, Lamptey pairing him at right-back, or Veltman comes in at right-back to unlock a system where Stupinian goes all the way up to the wing. So it's it feels like actually like Lamptey and Stupinian should both see their fair share of minutes. I'd expect both to start again. And it's all to do with Hinshelwood's injury and it's just whether Veltman comes in or not. Like, I don't see a world where Veltman I, starts and Lamperty starts. I think it'll be a Stupinian and a Veltman because I think they've done well together as well that we've seen it before in the season. So, I, I think in this one, it could be both Lamperty and, and a Stupinian, like, like you mentioned, because it is Sheffield United. But it, yeah, if he wants, if um, that Serbi wants more stability in, at, at the back, then it'll be Feltman or Van Hack or so, something like that on, on that right-hand side. But what I will say also is that Serbi wants, he prefers to attack from the left-hand side. And BW Splitta asks, he's still struggling to decide what to expect of a Stupinian in this game. I think with, the, with Matoma coming back, it, that left side is revitalized for Detserbi, and that's his priority. That's Plan A. Um, plan B would be maybe something on the right. I don't. I don't see unless it's for a rotation and to give people a rest. I don't see Lamp all of a sudden Detserbi attacking more from the right hand side and tucking the left side in. He won't do that. He, he's going to attack with Matoma and Estupinian on that side. And and the good thing is that Pascal Gross does step into that triangle, creating that triangle with with Estupinian and Matoma. Sometimes he doesn't get close enough to the box for that to uh, turn into any production, though. Yeah, that's my concern, because bar the penalty in the last game, it didn't actually feel like he created anything or would have had a chance to return. Now, I started uh, Gross the week before for his two assists, um, but last week, I know he got the penalty, but it's just like, again, part of me is like, am I really going to take a hit to bring in De Bruyne when I could just play Gross? Like last week, I sold Salah for Jota and benched Gross, right? So it's like, I just mm. feel like every week I find the reason to bench like a Gross or a Palmer. And every time I do, they get points. So part of me is like, should I not just utilize my bench? Or is, but then it's kind of like back to the question of how many double game weekers is enough. So Clint was asking about, and we'll, we'll come to your question in the Q&A at the end and we'll timestamp it. But they were asking about, you know, what about like a wild card when you're thinking of doing it and, what, what the thoughts are there. So I think for me, it all comes down to how many doublers you have. So let us know, Clint, how many double game weekers you would have if you did that Darwin in for Solanke move and how many you have without, because I think that will make a big difference. But we'll keep going because I don't think these players are a buy this week so much. But if you had the Brighton players, it sounds very much like it would be silly not to play them, even if maybe the data looks on par. Tactically, we don't think this is a game that Sheffield are going to be able to win. So Luton yeah. versus Man United. I think they're an interesting single game week option. Maguire, I have looked at just 4.2 million plays in 26. If he has, he also has decent fixtures coming up. But if he was to play in 29, which I think is unlikely because Forrest would have to beat United in the cup. If he was to play in 29, he plays Sheffield, United as well. So part of me is like, ooh, like, would I want Doughty with two fixtures this week and a blank? Or would I want Maguire with two fixtures in the next two game weeks? With no blank, same number of fixtures, but they're not as bad as Luton's fixtures. And Maguire could I, score. I don't know. You, you haven't read. So, so you say they're not as bad. Like, read the net. I, I know the date. This doesn't look like a good picture for Maguire. It's not fair because I'm picking up Man United, but on the next, you Luton at home have 
1.91 to United's 1.52. And <laughs> the zonal on the left is 4.7, central 4.3 for Luton. Those two light up. So, yeah, the data would obviously back Luton here. Dowdy. I'm not so convinced after their last home game against Sheffield United. It didn't look that convincing to me. And are United you, but are you being. Better. But are you being too reactive to one game week? What about the, the game week before that or the one before where Luton scored four goals back yeah, to back? Yeah, four back to if, back. If you're yeah, looking at like that United game week, in you... a similar situation where they're now they're hitting multiple good games of form. And, and I feel like they had their first choice 11. Now, I, know, I don't know what happened with Shaw. He got subbed early after coming back from injury. And I know Martinez has an injury as well. But the front line, at least, it looks like the front four, I would think, is their best front four. So I just feel like they're pretty good. They've wow. okay. They they've had this best front four available, but there there is a a person choosing the the, the players yeah. who like maybe isn't. There is also that the yeah, highest quality issues as well. Yeah, and, and there's the form of those players, right? Like I, I think Hoyland is getting is is um getting in form, but he's going to be up against the back three, so I think it'll be t- difficult for him to find space like he has been recently. So then then you look at the wide players, Garnacho. Garnacho is in, in decent form, even though maybe he hasn't produced recently. He's still in, in good form. Rashford, Rashford still, while he has produced recently, he's not still, I would say, not in great form. So it's a little bit of a mixed bag. I do agree that United do seem to be improving. And 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 that's honestly, that that's great to see because it's just more, more challenge and it makes the league more interesting. Um, but away... At Kenilworth, I, I think this is more of an even game than we're great giving it credit for. I okay. think I think we're seeing the history of Manchester United and being okay. This is easy fixture. Maguire, move on. Um, I don't necessarily see it that way. So I, I, I just I think guess I got that a little bit of a someone who you would look at playing, whereas maybe a Maguire is not a buy this week. Maybe it's more of a buy next week in the actual blank. Like this yeah, week, you, you know who target someone else. <laughs> You know who I really like, actually, for United in this fixture? And it's some, it's a weakness that Luton has had all season. Luton, they are weak between the lines. And I think this I think Bruno Fernandes could just explode <laughs> in this one. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we're going to be like, Bruno's back. Um, so I, I, th- I think he could be a, a really, really interesting. Um, yeah, definitely against Luton. If, I wish we had a daily game because Bruno Fernandes would would definitely be uh, among my be picks. The captain for that, yeah. I think he could be quite fun. But um, yeah, let's keep going because I think Bar maybe buying Doughty or Adebayo or buying uh, Hoyland or Maguire. I'm not really sure outside those four assets I'd be looking to invest in either of these teams this week. I do think Luton's next double game we could be more interested in. Maybe Ogbene is worth a mention as well. I'd, I'd said Adebayo, but I just think his price at 4.9 million is insane for Adebayo. I don't know how much it's Ogbene so good. Ogbene, Ogbene has, has been has been dangerous for them and on on both fronts. So I I, I like that shout. He's uh yeah, he's a good player. Fair enough. That Dallo as well Shaz mentioned. Dallo could be quite fun. Maybe it's a bit more fun than Maguire and if you do somehow get the 29 fixture out of it and you're laughing there having Dallo against Sheffield United if if that comes to light. Because Luton, yeah, yeah. I will give them credit. I'm not crediting them enough. But Sheffield United, I, I should discredit them more than I already do. Like that game against Luton isn't enough for me to think they're going to survive relegation, that's for sure. Um, Everton versus Crystal Palace. So I actually think Everton have great clean sheet chance this week. Their next year is 1.87 to Crystal Palace 1.2. 
with Crystal Palace, obviously, so many of their key players are injured. This is the Monday night game. If you had like a Bramfweight this week and you heard Poro was injured or Udogi was injured, and you're not looking to use chips to get through to that in the next chunk of uh, two double blanks, I would bench your Spurs player and just play Bramfweight this week personally. I would I would For honestly sure. play him in this game. I would not be looking to take a hit to sell Poro or Udogi, get someone in. I would just play Bramfweight. I love this matchup for Everton at home. And I honestly think it's going to be one of the one of the few chances of a clean sheet this entire weekend, I think. I was going to say, I, I like this. I, I think maybe the highest chance of a clean sheet, um, in my opinion, as well for, for Everton here. And, and the other thing that is um, maybe a good chance of a set-piece goal, which means potential assist for uh, McNeil um, and potential like haul for... Tarkovsky, Branthwaite, and even Branthwaite himself could get something. Um, so, so yeah, if you have a, if you have an Everton defender, you're you're feeling good, especially since uh, Eza and and Olise are uh, are both injured, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that makes a massive difference. But again, I wouldn't be looking to buy into these teams right now. But if I had a Branthwaite and you can't feel the back three, I would reconsider playing them this week. Oh, although I I mean. Branthwaite, I would, I would play, I would maybe buy Branthwaite over Bradley, Connor Bradley. Trent, yeah, that's, Trent that's to Branthwaite, and like if if that allows maybe like if you have money in the bank and that allows like a Palmer up to something, you know, it could be interesting. Yeah, so yeah, for me that could work. Like for me, for example, I could get an Everton defender to fund someone like De Bruyne, who I'm just a bit short of. So that is mm-hmm. something for me to consider for sure. Um, I think going into the double fixtures then, so we're back onto the Tuesday night and Wednesday night game. So Tuesday, Man City at home again, play Brentford this time. 2.17 net XG to 1.27 for Brentford. It just, like, everything about this game screams a big win for me. Like, two home games in a row for Man City in the Prem when Liverpool and Arsenal are there, like, breathing around there with them. I, like, City have almost a fully fit squad for the first time this season bar a couple of late knocks right now i just they also eventually won quite convincingly away from home against copenhagen 3-1 so it's kind of like that second leg of the tie looks kind of secure as well i just it, it just feels like i have to have the right free city players we can only have two right now but this is, is the De Bruyne this one yeah so this was gonna ask is this now more aligned for De Bruyne? because i know you said for the looting yeah. game, it wasn't not 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 Luton, sorry, but yeah, you said it wasn't as much um uh, the like, Chelsea game, I mean, right? Chelsea, that's it. Yeah, it wasn't as much in yeah, yeah. the Bruyne's favor, more for the wings, right? In this game, yeah. though, this is the one that you reckon the Bruyne could make his money's worth for us. In this one, it's De Bruyne and the wings. Oh, both. I, wow. that, so that's how it, a complete domination. <laughs> yeah, like like and I think Brentford's gonna sit deep in, in their in their five three two. Um I do think they'll get something like they did before on some kind of counterattack or, or something direct or um so so I again I don't like the clean sheet here, but uh but I, I like I like City to dominate um the spaces between the lines and, and for De Bruyne to be pulling that space um and, and getting maybe some maybe De Bruyne something like a goal from outside the box, one of those, one of those types of um, I know it's a very specific thing to call. Um, last time I called the goal from outside the box was uh, for Eza when Crystal Palace scored their first their first goal all season from outside the box about like five weeks ago. So, um, so I, I I could see something like that happening here. And Holland, um, obviously, because of the player that he is, he's always a threat or something. But not the ideal matchup for for Holland, in my opinion. 
Fair enough. And do you think that in that case, like, he's just going to start both, right? Like, I, I don't see a world in which he yeah. doesn't. I know it's like, yeah. just because it's not maybe tactically as great for him with the free center backs, it's not the end of the world. Like, he's definitely going to... They still need him there. They they yeah. need him to occupy those three center backs. And, and to allow for the point to find the wingers as well. And like, yeah, so, so actually this makes me... Super keen on De Bruyne. Maybe, maybe I'm a bit nuts to be even thinking about Salah because that was the old other option. I want to see what his matchup looks like versus Luton because I do think Salah against Luton is more likely to start than the first game versus Brentford. But um, yeah, so maybe this makes De Bruyne much more of a clever pick. Seems mental for me to buy Salah for two games than a blank when I could buy De Bruyne for three games in a row. Right. Yeah, it seems maddening. Um, I'm more convinced of the Bruyne starting too, especially with a Champions League tie where I feel like they've won the first leg already, as I said, and whereas Liverpool have a cup final. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've done everything I can to try and buy a City defender like Ake instead of the Bruyne. But today's conversation with you has been eye-opening and I'm actually more <laughs> convinced that I need triple City attack. Um, I don't really know if I want a piece of Man City's defence, I'll be honest with you. We'll keep going just in the interest of time because there's also the summaries, the captaincy, and lots of questions today from the live chat. I've already started loads of them. Keep them coming in. Liverpool versus Luton. 2.27 net XG for Liverpool. 1.29 for Luton. This was obviously at Anfield on Wednesday night, just a few days before the cup final against Chelsea. 5.9 central zonal for Liverpool. That might be the best zonal of the week in all 12 matches, I think. That central zonal right there. So yeah. who's going to play there? Is it going to be Darwin? Is it going to be Jota? Who could, yeah, what's going to happen? So, yeah, I'm really interested. So let's 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 qualify that central matchup a little bit first because again, Luton will be in in a back five as well. Yep. So if it's if so I think for the central matchup that what we're looking at are players cutting inside so like Salah with with the right zonal matchup of 4.9 cutting inside from the right to the center at 5.9 that's the kind of dynamic you're looking for so I think this one sets up ideally for Salah especially since he cuts like he he won't press up against the back like against the back line he'll cut inside between the lines and again we mentioned earlier how that uh, Luton are um are are susceptible to that and 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 weak at that dynamic so I think this one line like this Totally lines up for, and I know this is not what you want to hear because it makes your decision more <laughs> difficult. But Salah Hall, absolute Hall, in this one now. especially if I think this is the one he starts. Um, like <laughs> if I honestly, if I read tomorrow morning, like Salah starts against Brentford, which I do not expect, then that really throws me for like the minutes going into the cup because then I'm like, similar to what we said about Bradley, like if he if he's gonna play him in that first game, why would he not also start looting? Like, this, like yeah. I just don't get it. It's like either he needs to be carefully managed and he gets bench minutes, then starts. But if he's already starting, I ha- so I think this way around, I would go for him just because I can deal with the problems later. Like if I get De Bruyne, I'm not going to captain him either. So whoever this player is, De Bruyne or Salah, I'm not captaining either one. So I just want the one who, regardless of minutes, has the most <laughs> haul potential. And this matchup now, Oh, it makes Salah very exciting. Um, but yeah, yeah no, we'll, we'll we'll keep going. Um, and we'll obviously talk about Liverpool players and the captaincy metric in a moment, I'm sure. And there's loads of questions about Liverpool players. So we will keep going. Um, is this the summary next? I just want to make sure I don't accidentally put the captaincy up. So yeah, this is the Game Week 25 summary for next G. 
Do you want to maybe just give us the top three or four teams for the week in NetXG terms or any other metrics you see that scream out off the page? It's a one hour 19. If you're listening on podcast, you want to come and look at the entire game week summary. But yeah, let, just any highlights you want to call out and then we'll keep it moving swiftly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the highest of the game week is Manchester City uh, combined with their two fixtures. And then they have that third, they, then they don't blank in 26. So so I think those are like prime targets. I, I think you have to triple up on City to kind of catch that kind of shooting star there. Um, again, don't expect any clean sheets. If may, maybe that, maybe Everton against Palace because because um, Palace are missing obviously their two key players. But other than that, I think um, if you're go so if you're going for de- defenders, um, look at look for defenders that can get you an attacking return. Is it would be my recommendation. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, like. I think we've covered most of everything else. Um, there's nothing really that stands out. Yeah, I, I don't think I have anything else to mention. Nice one. Okay, we'll keep going. So this is the FDRs from Mariners. Managed to get them in as well. So 1 hour 21 if you want to find these at the timestamp. So I'll just call out their best attacking FDR for the top three this week and defensive ones as well. So very quickly, we have a 4.2 actually, Newcastle home to Bournemouth. We have 4.1, Spurs home to Wolves. And then we have Everton Palace 4.0. Just to clarify, these are individual FDRs for the matchups for attack. So it doesn't include the combined fixtures for the double game week teams. But what it does show us is that Man City is a 2.8 attack in the first fixture and Liverpool is 1.1 on the FDR. So neither of them are very exciting. When you look at the actual double game week fixtures though, Liverpool's attacking FDR against Luton is 6.9 which is pretty nuts i think i think seven is the maximum you can get ever (laughs) so this is pretty nuts um and then man city home brentford only 1.7 as well so actually the the net xg itself doesn't particularly feel that the brentford game at home for city or the first game at home to chelsea are that great he actually thinks the chelsea game is better than the brentford game for man city but in both of them the central uh, zonal for them for man city 4.8 is the highest of the week actually and also in the first game as well, Man City again, 4.5. So it does give credence to Haaland. And we'll go to the captaincy metric now so we can obviously see how the next G and the FDRs and everything connects to give us the captaincy output. But yeah, actually just defences I didn't call out. So defensively as well for the week, Arsenal away to Burnley is 2.9 for defensive FDR. Then we have a big drop to Everton against Palace, 1.4, which is also positive. Man City, Chelsea also 1.4. Most of the other defensive FDRs are in the negatives let alone positive, the 1.7 for Liverpool home to Fulham, uh, to Luton, sorry. So, yeah, so, again, not, not really a week for defences here, and actually the single game week defences seem to be carrying more weight. Just seeing if there's any other final pages. No, I think the next one is the captaincy metric, so I'm not going to accidentally click that. I'm going to ask you guys if you've enjoyed the show so far, if we've entertained you, if we've made you laugh, or if you've just been enjoying the ride with us, please do hit that like button. First time we're plugging it today, about an hour and a half in. And yeah, subscribe if you're new to the channel. But without further ado, let's go to the captaincy metric for game week 25. Nice one. So this week, Man City are leading the way with four Man City players in the top three. We have Foden on 82, leading the pack. So I know in the chat there's been talk of triple captaining Foden this week. He is leading by a distance. 
Then we have Alvarez on 76. We have Darwin on 74 in third. Haaland on 70. Richarlison appears at 69. And then the rest of the list is made up of Tony, Jota, Diaz, Saka, De Bruyne, Watkins, Son, Palmer, Odegaard, Huang, Solanke, and Calvert-Lewin. Now, a few things to just put out there for the podcast listeners if you can't see the data. So we're one hour 23 in if you want to come back and check that out. And you can see the captaincy metric with all the numbers that go into it. The biggest call out for me is that the average minutes going into the double game week for players like Foden and Alvarez, there are 175 minutes and that gets them 82 and 76 on the metric respectively. Mm. Arland's minutes in this are 65 minutes average and he's on 70. So if you naturally assume like we just said earlier or that I do at least that he starts both games, this is obviously looking at the last six and he's not played many of them. So the averages aren't great for him and we didn't want to tweak with it manually. And it's very thank you to Mariner for even getting us the captaincy metric this week. So really appreciate that. But because what I'm trying to say is that I would think that if you toggle Haaland's minutes, he just flies straight to the top. It's not even a question for me. Is there anyone else in here that you would call out? It's interesting to see Sun in here with 35 minutes and a single fixture and Huang with 23 minutes and a single fixture. Yeah, um, let's start. Fadil Khan says, both City Zonal's favorite Foden. Anyone else joining me on triple captaining, triple captaining him unless the metric puts me off later? That was earlier in the chat, and here's the metric supporting that for Fadil Khan. Um, so I, I wonder, I, I hope you do triple captain Foden. I, I do think he's a great pick because we've talked about his versatility that Whatever weakness exists, he could be hitting that weakness because he can play in the in the center, he can play on the right, he can play on the left. So, um, so, so I think his his versatility really gives him some some potential here, but also there's a potential for him to not be involved as much. Where say everything goes to to Holland or or Doku won't pass the ball or, or you know what whatever stuff can happen or, or that they, they don't need him right to, to hit those weaknesses because they're too far ahead. Um, so there, there is some risk, but but I but I like the shout for for Foden. I think Alvarez is is an abomination of a of a pick. It should not be should not be up up here. I mean, the overall <laughs> you don't, numbers you don't are, really are, like the. I guess the pick as a whole, like it maybe was better when Haaland was out, right? I, I just yeah, feel like yeah, that's, that's where that's the daily with that change. Oh, yeah, data <laughs> yeah. doesn't show us that like there is a major difference in his role now. Right, exactly, and 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 if you notice the the metric numbers are they're they're quite low for this game week. I mean, eighty two being the top, this will often get into the nineties and stuff. So so everyone's I I think quite low. I wonder if this is taking into account. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I see the minutes there. What one seventy five? So it is taking account into the double. I don't know why Holland would be sixty five minutes in a double. Um, obviously, yeah, you you double those minutes and and he would shoot up. He'd probably be in the nineties. So he's he's I think the obvious direction to go if you want to differentiate. Um, I think Foden is a good way to do it. Like if differentiate with a with a double game weaker for sure though. While we do like a lot of the single game week matchups. We, definitely not that's not where our captaincy would yeah, be yeah. Right. No, not even close i just want to add some news that's come out hot off the press for anyone listening um i'm trying to look into the just verify how you know accurate it is but word seems to be doing the round from the cop hq on x about rumors of addison being injured with a hamstring <laughs> they say they hope that it's not true but they fear that it is and what? i just see a lot of yeah that Hmm. 
Yeah, so firstly, the the comment I made earlier about Allison being cheaper and a good pick if you just wanted minutes instead of Van Dijk and to go there, that's off the table 100%, even if it's just a rumor. <laughs> with the root, there's no smoke without fire. So that's that's a goner for me there. It also just really puts me off spending that money on Van Dijk now as well. So I think it's Bradley yep. or bust now for me. I need news. If a league says Bradley starts, I go there. If it doesn't, I don't go there. I think that's, yeah, that, that is not great news for Van Dijk. Um, yeah, I, I I can't I can't be doing that. That is so mental. But okay, so I think just in terms of this, I'm gonna have a look here. Tony is an exciting option, but I just I can't do it to myself right now. I just don't like. But like I know he doesn't blank in either game week, and he has the double. But I just feel like if I'm gonna get to Tony, it will be by 29. It won't be like now. I just I don't want him for the run ahead. And as great as this double is, and I really like him for it. I just feel like moving, say, like from a Watkins to him and Watkins has decent pictures coming up or even Solanke just for a week now and then trying to go back to Solanke before his double. I just, it just doesn't feel right to me. So I love Tony. If you have him or if you brought him in on a wild card, he would be, I think he's actually one of the most explosive picks this week that is going to be quite differential. So I'm really jealous of all of you. But yeah, I can't be, um, yeah, I, ca I can't be going I there as a transfer. I have to prioritize. I like Man the what? Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You, I think you should definitely be tripled up on Man City that with the three fixtures. Tony has three fixtures. No, oh, no, no. He doesn't. They blank. He blanks next week, right? And, and no, that's, no, no. That's he doesn't. He problem. doesn't. Oh no, no. no, no he, he, he does, does have a fixture next week. Yeah, yeah. So he so, has so, one in twenty nine as well. Yeah, that's right. Good. And and twenty nine. So so I think Tony like selling selling Watkins for Tony is is perfectly reasonable. Um, okay. Liber That's interesting. So, so now, to now Tony is home against Liverpool, who don't have Trent and don't have out. Maybe, maybe don't have Allison. Like, mm. so yeah, I see um, what you mean. It's like, it's like, do do you want to go into a team that's maybe got like the most creative player in the team out, the goalkeeper out, like one of the best goalkeepers in the world, if not the best. Especially, and that's the first game of the game week. So, so you know, you'll you'll, you'll <laughs> probably get all those all those um, losses in there, and that. So, I, I I think Tony is is one of the best picks right now. Right. Um, oh man, oh shit, Tony against a no oh. Allison. Oh, don't do yeah. so, don't get me excited <laughs> and carried away. Let's go to the Q and A because there's so many questions right. for this game week. Before that, just a couple of thank yous to all of our members on YouTube and Patreon. So this week we'll start with the Patreons. We have our Elrond Cubber, we have Lucy and Gan, FPL California, Thingamabob, and Ron Frost. We also have Mike Burke, Dr. Green Farm, FPL Sexy, Michael Rodriguez. I think Dr. Green Farm is FPL Sexy and also Gunk, but let us know. I think there's like three of you with three different names, but it's all the same person. I think I've confused myself. Super Haulers on YouTube, FPL Robbie, Greenback Golf, Harbour Boy, David Harrison, FPL Discomfort, True Fandela, and Colin Bugler, our latest Super Hauler. Our haulers, Dread FPL, FPL Craig, Podner, Kevin Rose, C Hunt, Blonde, Scotters M, FPL Teacher, Doni FPL, Tom Gorsuch, Davindra Rod, Lindsay, FPL DG Boy, Akshay, Dom, Claire FPL Tursks, Catherine A, Harry Not Kane, Sebastian Koo, Neil, Benjamin Lockwood, FPL Robert Ducky, Nick Khan, Big Mike, General Zord, FPL Planner, Jamie Baker, Brett M, Mark Bond, FPL Eric, Grady, Parag, GV, Jasper and Singh, and BW Splitter, our latest member. And yeah, let's just go to the questions, I think. So um, just to timestamp this as well for everyone who sent questions on Discord or in the live chat, we're at 1 hour 31 and 30 seconds. This is all the Q&A starting now. 
Sorry, I've just got that admin out of the way. I'm going to start with a couple of the Discord questions. I have 27 questions starred from the live chat from today's YouTube. So we will also obviously come to those. Uh, do get more questions in if you have them while I just go through the Discord questions to start with. So BW Splitter asks, how many more transfers in do you reckon Regulion would have if the profile picture was taken with some nice lighting uh, as every other player I've seen? Piss poor marketing hashtag. So I think, yeah, like this is like the case, right? Like there's certain players where like they don't even have a profile pick or just a really shit pick. But that's good because like you a, want them to remain like under the radar. Picture. Yeah, yeah. Like you want them to remain under the radar. You want to do like a fake asset or something like someone's not really an FPL player and just like put people <laughs> off, man. Like I think for me, like if I'm looking to get a Regulion, he is the double game weaker outside of City or Liverpool in defence I would go for. I wouldn't be going for Doughty. I would actually... Take the punt on Regulion. I'd even consider it over the single Arsenal uh, asset with a single game. I know I said I'd love to get a second Arsenal defender, but Regulion playing in both blanks and a double, which I think he could get attacking returns in with the matchups we talked about, I really love him. So I think he'd have much more if, transfers in. Yeah, if I mean, if, if we're saying like nobody's going to keep a clean sheet, then uh, Regulion, that the U is silent, by the way. Pretend the doesn't exist. Uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, if you say that all the time, it's, it's been a few years since we subscribers. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> so it's good to have Regilon back with Borro. I, I, I love them both. Um, so we've got the next question from FPL Hunt, who asks, "Who's better for the matchup this week, Gabe? Bruno or Garnacho?" Sounded like from what you said, it's maybe one for Bruno Fernandez. We would say Bruno Fernandez. Love Bruno Fernandez this week. I might bring him in just just to just for some fun, but I'll probably go for a double. But we'll see. Like, yeah, Bruno, Bruno over Garnacho. So go to the next one from Finger Bob. As someone who is very hit averse, what defenders should we prioritize? I'm on a Brentford double up, but I might go to Ake plus Regulion instead. Regulon instead, sorry. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think I would want both. I would want Ake and Regulon. I wouldn't want to be going for double Brentford defense. Personally, I assume the other one is Pinnock. Mm -hmm. um, unless it's Flecken, let me know. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't want double Brentford defense. I, I know they're playing twenty six and twenty nine, but I think a Regulon on his own is enough from that team. What else yeah. do we have? We have. Okay, some of these are actually just comments. So Sebastian Koo asks, game week 25 transfer. Sell Richarlison and get De Bruyne. I already have Foden and Harland. What do you think about that initially? I don't I mean, know. Richarlison home to Wolves, but then both fullbacks are out, but then Sun has returned. I still think the fixture is good enough to play Richarlison. Um, but compared to De Bruyne? Yeah, I see. What you, I'm, I'm looking at what it forces him to do the following week. So I've not read the rest of the question to you. So the really? plan would be a minus oh. for the next week to sell Lascelles to Regulon and have a stronger bench next week. Um, so part of me is like, hmm. have a stronger bench next week. Yeah, so like they're already like imagine eleven players and a bench. I think it's a luxury situation to be oh. in. <laughs> yeah, don't don't take a hit to have a stronger bench, I, I would say. But um I mean Richarlison to De Bruyne just makes makes too much sense, right? Um yeah, so that would be this with week, one game against that might right, be Richarlison it. with one with one game against Wolves compared yeah. to De Bruyne with three. 
I think if you can do that on its own, and just do not do the Lascelles to Reguilon move for a bench player next week, um, don't do it because then he'd also have a benching headache. Because then he asks, should I bench right. then Reguilon, Estupinian, or Palmer this week? So by bringing in Reguilon for the minus four this week, you're then going to also have to bench someone who might return. I think I, I, I wouldn't take that hit. I would just get KDB on his own. Yep. Final question from this quarter. Don Black Dragon asks, benching dilemma. Who should I bench? Gordon, home to Bournemouth. Watkins, away to Fulham. Or Saliba, away to Burnley. They're already playing Gabriel. So it's wow. kind of like, do you play double Arsenal defence and bench one of Watkins or Gordon? Or do you bench the second Arsenal defender, Saliba, so you can play both Gordon and Watkins? As much as I hate to say it, I would just play Gabriel and bench Saliba personally. I like to spread my risk. Um, I'm sure you would agree as a uh, fellow yeah, strategic so. person. Um, I, I just I don't <laughs> want to put all my eggs in that basket. I know BW Spitter was telling us that they were really into poker like I am. So, yeah, that's kind of what I mean by spreading the risk. So let's go to the questions from the live chat now. So we have Sebastian Koo, Regilon or Dallo to buy in? I'm going to go for Regilon. Regilon. Zinchenko fit to play from Shaz? I don't think so. Tomiyasu should be in the squad this week maybe and Partey the week after. Zinchenko, there was radio silence. I didn't even mention Zinchenko or Tomiyasu. Um, I, I would not be surprised to the exact same first 11 as the last fixture. Bernardo owners, what's the plan? Hold or sell? I think the fact that Bernardo is, mm-hmm. like right now it says, Bernardo, we will assess in today's training session. It's a late fitness test. You've got to think he's ready by the second game and the blank game week fixtures so i i'll be tempted to say you just kind of have to hold unless there's a rumor that says he's definitely out i feel like you've kind of made your bed with bernardo now and the potential late test shouldn't make you panic and sell him because he could very easily get points in the double game week we have how about this one earlier you said about the free transfer for tony sebastian kuos minus four to do watkins for tony is that necessary no i wouldn't i don't think so it's too risky You've already talked about Barnes earlier. So some of them we answered in the matchups as we went. BW Smith just made a comment. Has has Solanke become lackadaisical or have opponents maybe adjusted to him? He's been making me sad. So (laughs) I think one thing to say about him is I do think like regardless of like some of the underwhelming performances in the games we expected him to haul, um, I do think he has the second most non-penalty goals this season in the entire Premier League. So we Mm. shouldn't get too blinded by these few bad games. I do think opponents do set up to play against him, to be fair. And I do think he's sometimes maybe not so visible if the game plan gets executed against him well. But with the double coming, like I sold him last week to take a punt in the tougher fixtures and buy him back in 27. I don't know if I would be selling him this week now. So I feel like I did it earlier because I wanted to kind of spread it over a longer period to try and get a gain from Darwin. But like this week now, if I had to reassess with Salah back, I don't know, for example, if I'd be doing Solanke to Darwin this week anymore. That I did last week, but now like I'm like, no, nah, would I go there? Maybe not. So it's a tough yeah. one. Uh, Shaz asks, would you start Salah or transfer him out for KDB? I think if, if you had him now, I would start him. Start him. I would just start him. Chilwell, I think that was just about Chilwell playing in the back line. It was more. So Stewie, I think Stewie's right here. You know, I think the last City, so not City, uh, yeah, Chelsea, Liverpool, was it a Chelsea City game? I'm pretty sure it was the 4-4. That's what we need. So Stewie says Chelsea right. is the money ball game for triple captain. If this ends up 1-1, the triple captain could be a fail. I am totally in yeah. agreement with you. Like, we need this game to be a basketball game. Like, I need to see 
City just going up and down the pitch and just, I need to see another 4-4 for all I care. Like, that would be my dream scenario. Like, I get the draw I want, City drop points, and I get a hat-trick from Haaland with Foden assisting. I don't think Pep allows that kind of chaos at the Etihad. He, he he was the last game it was at uh, Stamford Bridge was, where they did that to him. Yeah. Okay, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, at the Etihad is maybe a bit of a wishful thinking, but we really do need But it could be like be 2 or 3 nil or 2 or 3-1. Like It, it needs to be a gangbusters he, game, though. Like We need City to be scoring in this game. I have more faith in them scoring yeah. in this one than the one after. That's kind of my thoughts there. I think Haaland will have more problems yeah. against uh, Brentford and their defence than yeah. he will against Chelsea's. Uh, what else do we have? Okay, so we have Clint's got just a quick question. Um, when are you thinking of wildcard? So you've obviously wildcarded, was it gave me 24 last week? So you've set mm-hmm. up for this kind of Two double and blank period ahead. Two, so 23 maybe, yeah. yeah, 23. Yeah. So you've already wildcarded. I may wildcard going into 27, 28 if there's shock results in the FA Cup and it means that something new happens and certain teams are now going to double which weren't before or teams that may have doubled won't be doubling anymore. If, if there's a huge change to what the predicted fixtures are in 29 and therefore 34 and 37, I could maybe wildcard in 27, 28. Otherwise, I'm looking to hold on till 30, 31. Um, so they ask, should I do essentially Darwin in for Solanke this week and then wildcard in 26 or just not do that basically and field 11 players next week with two free transfers? So Clint could mm. roll this week and then use two free transfers in 26 and have 11 players or do Darwin in for Solanke this week, but then wildcard going into next week. I would personally prefer the role and use two free transfers, but that's the kind of FPL manager I am. You maybe have a different perspective as someone who has already wildcarded. You may be more open to attacking. Well, what are your thoughts? I put his second part of his question up as well. They already have one Liverpool free man city. So four doublers, they would have five doublers if they bring in Solanke. So Darwin, Darwin. They bring in Darwin. I think with four doublers, you're so close to not like I would not I would be looking to get the fifth doubler and not wild card next week. I don't know if you can do that, but yeah, that's 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 what I'm thinking too. Yeah, just take just take a hit. Yeah, just take a hit next week. Like forget having two transfers next week. Just I don't think next week is the ideal week for a wild card. I don't think it is because before 27, we should know what the game week 29 blanks are definitively. So it's like yeah. If you are going to wildcard, I would try and at least limp through one more week. Just get to 27. Um, yeah, so that's just my thoughts. Play with 10 players in game be 26 even. Or, yeah, that'd be I mean, or, or go, if you want to go all in on the doublers, take a hit this week, get some doublers, yeah. and then free hit next week. I, I think the free hit in 26 isn't being talked about enough because a it lot of the players... It has been kind of forgotten nice... by a lot of people. And I still might do it. A lot of the players that we don't have have good matchups. Um at least that I don't that I don't have because I, I I don't have Watkins and stuff like that. So um, the the free hit in the blank um, is, is interesting. There, there's some there's some good matchups. We'll we'll get to those next week. Yeah, we will. Um, so I'm just starring some more of the questions that have come in since we started doing the Q and A. Um, so yeah, so I'm thinking of 30, 31. So let's go to Comb. This game week for defenders is very hard to get right. Brentford and Luton will probably concede. Man City, what's Pep thinking? And Liverpool, Klopp could rest all of his back line in the second game. But it sounds like his goalkeeper and right back aren't even going to be there for the first game. So this whole thing reeks of pain to me. I think Regulon for attacking returns and not blanking is a great option. Ake, I still really love despite everything else. And if I was to hear a leak that Bradley starts, I'm all over that too. Bar those defenders, 
I don't think I could interest myself in any of the other double game week defenders, not Doughty and yeah, none of those guys. Would you um, triple captain De Bruyne instead of uh, Haaland potentially if you had the choice, uh, Gabe? Like, I just don't think I could. Two home games where I actually expect Haaland to start both. I don't think we'll get that again this season. Double game week, two home games, Etihad. It just, like, I, I just can't. Like, De Bruyne's... I know he's playing more minutes, but he just played 90 minutes in the Champions League. Like, he mm-hmm. he did just come back from a super long-term injury. They got three games in seven days now and then another Champions League. Yeah, go. Like, yeah, I think I, I have to go. The, I can see the thinking, though. Ex- extra point for a clean sheet, even though we don't think there will be a clean sheet. Goals, bonus yeah. points, mo- more likely for bonus points. I, I can see it, but you don't want to miss. The, the, yeah, there is, there is logic, but I agree with you. Poland. Cool. So, Shaz, would Ake play both fixtures? He could. Well, we said Akanji could play there. We also know that Gomez is back, but I don't see him starting. I, I feel so confident about it. For me, he is my City pick this week. But let's remember, mm-hmm. yeah, like just earlier this season alone, forget previous seasons and Pep, but just this season, you know, people were like, Walker's nailed, then he doesn't start two and three Prem games. It's like every time we think a certain man City defender is the one that's nailed on, they just suddenly disappear. So... With a fully fit team almost at this stage, I, I just think it's quite risky. I would only be looking to go for Ake if I'm looking to panic by Salah at deadline. Otherwise, I'd prefer to be getting um, like a Regilon or a Bradley, I think, personally. Uh, Rayhan says they've uh, kept Alvarez. So they have Alvarez, Foden and Haaland. So now they're kind of locked out or snookered from De Bruyne or Ake. You know, Alvarez could end up working out for you. I know we've said that his positioning's changed, but he was rested in the Champions League, right? So it's not out of the question that he's the one who starts both in the double game. <laughs> so, yeah, like um, you might end up having the last laugh there, buddy. Um, who knows? Um, Ray Harm was asking about Salah, I think. Will he play? They have a final versus Chelsea. I, I think he's going to have to start one of the games before a cup final. So if he's been past fit. I think Cameo tomorrow, start and play 60 Luton, start the cup. That's how I see it. I would need mm-hmm. to have leaked that Salah starts for me to even consider doing something that crazy. But yeah, if you have him already, I wouldn't be selling him. But like De Bruyne, like the question earlier. So Val says Darwin Nunez is the big differential in double game week 25. Looking forward to having Darwin Nunez and Mo Salah for the double game week. So Val is another Salah owner or buyer, I guess. What are your thoughts on Darwin mm-hmm. Nunez? And then we'll keep going because obviously we're just getting close to two hours nearly. So we will keep going. But yeah, what do you think about Darwin Nunez? I know you've come around to liking him to the extent that you've bought him. We both want to get rid of him. We're discussing private. I don't, I don't have him. Ditch. Oh, no, no, you no, still no. don't have him. Oh, you don't want to buy him either. Okay. Oh, so if, no, if I, I think I think the double is, is the perfect kind of like Darwin opportunity, right? Where you're getting two cracks at it. If he's like absolutely terrible, misses six big chances in one, you know, he's likely to score maybe two big chances in the next one, something like that. So to have both games, I think this is a situation that you do want Darwin. Um, okay. I, I mean, I, I'm looking to bring Darwin in this week, and I'll just I'll sell him right back out next week. And that's two transfers. I realize that, but that's the kind of upside I think he has. I think that answers quite a few of the questions that I've started on later. So okay. if, if you're doing it, then I think they should feel comfortable maybe doing it. They're all worried about do I still bring him in if it then means another move out. I think maybe you're right. This is the week for him. Cadet Depends how you play around. the game. If, if you want to chase the upside, this is the upside to like if if you're chasing if you if you've chased upside with Darwin in the past, 
certainly this is the one that you want, right? Yeah, because even but you're in you're... this week, right? Like you wouldn't yeah. normally go nowhere near the guy. So if you're exactly. coming in just for a double game week appearance, like, damn, then like it's a pretty good week to be coming in. But if you're the type of manager that maybe values his transfers quite, their transfers quite a quite a bit, and and are risk averse, and and you're more long term planning, that then maybe you wouldn't do that that hokey cokey. So I think that's up to you. Fair. Cadet Param Devonios, whom should I bench, Huang or Douglas Louise? Douglas with Louise. the injuries, yeah, with the injury, I know he's a penalty taker, but I believe Huang should be the first choice penalty taker. So, as yeah, well, so, so it's not like you're benching a pen taker for a non pen taker, like, and Huang will definitely be much more exciting in this game. I, I, I would play Huang, I really like Huang in this game. Um, yep, so Robbie, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, I think it's the same Robbie I'm seeing tomorrow, but uh, if not, I apologize if you're not coming to the London meets, but I'm pretty sure it's FPL Robbie. I think, apologies again if not. Is it mad I'm considering Rodri? I have two free transfers and I can get triple city with Rodri and grab Robertson. So sell Poro, sell Gordon, get Rodri and Robertson, no hit. Robertson I like, I like the Rodri show. <laughs> yeah, Rodri, I don't mind. I, I like Robertson, it. I don't like so much. I would still rather go Van Dyke. I think they're the same price. So I like Rodri. I like so Rodri as, as a city option in, in, in the double, but I don't like selling Gordon. I, I don't think mm-hmm. you should sell Gordon. Um, is there anyone else you can like, sell? Yeah, is there anyone yeah, else you maybe can sell? maybe for someone else. And I, I don't yeah, like selling I d- Gordon on the one side, and I don't like getting Robertson on the other side. You know, out the other side. Yeah, it's not doesn't feel great. So like, it, like, let's say yeah. for example, could not you? I'm trying to think what other option you could do here. So, could you just do like Poro to Ake and roll and have two free transfers next week and just play Gordon? Like for example, and that might be an option. I know, like if it was De Bruyne, I'd understand, but like. I'm not sure I'd be willing. I don't see personally. I don't want Rodri long term. I know he's got more goal contributions than all his prior prem seasons so far, and he does seem to be popping up in the right places. And you know he always plays and gets ninety minutes, but mm-hmm. it's just still not enough for me to want to get rid of like a winger or essentially a central midfielder. Like it's just it just feels like the reverse out of position of what I actually want. Right. Blue Danny Joe asks, does Calvert Lewin still score goals? We said this no. was a great game for Everton, but I would not be going near Calvert Lewin with a barge pole, unfortunately. No. Um, but Deal had also said didn't Foden score a hat trick versus Brentford, but actually he did, but it wasn't from the right. It was centrally, I believe. Someone confirmed. BW yeah. Splitter, can you talk me into or out of a minus eight for Darwin in and back out for Solanke? I'm trembling not owning Darwin for this double. I think based on what you said earlier. It sounds like a you should do. And I'm not sure it's a minus eight. I'm guessing you're counting the transfers as minus fours maybe here. Are you actually yeah. going to have to take these hits or are you counting that it's a hit because you're going to then have to, like you're essentially buying a player that you're going to sell and selling a player you're going to buy back. Is that where the hits come from, the minus eight? Because if it's not actually a hit, I basically did this move last week, right? I did Solanke to Darwin. And I'm looking to do Darwin back to Solanke in 27. So... It would be remiss if just not tell you to do the same. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a week later, so there's that. But but I I think it's it's definitely worth it. One thing I will say about twenty seven is you may wanna you may wanna hold Darwin for Forest away, and then you go into Solanke for, for yeah, his double. Quite go into Solanke for his double in twenty eight when um when Liverpool f- face City. 
Yeah, fair enough. So I'm just storing some more questions because we're getting to the end of the questions, but there's a couple more. Um, just a statement on Brentford has averaged 2.75 scored goals against Liverpool in the Premier League. Ivan Tony is a good point. Damn, nice man. No Alisson average of 2.75 goals every time they play them. This, this Tony is getting too intense, man. Yeah, that's four, the four, four. Four. <laughs> that man City Chelsea isn't the 4 4. It's a damn bloody hell. Um, I'm just seeing here, just starring the last few questions. They are playing two back three. Okay. I think uh, Podna came in as well and almost like thought that they were on the wrong show because they they <laughs> tuned in live to Gabriel saying Bruno Fernandes is a fantastic pick or something. So I think that was um, like an alternate universe almost. Um, let me keep looking. A bit. I think, oh, black screen as well. Let's go. Good to see you, buddy. Um, oh, yeah, it is Robbie as well. Okay, so I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Considered this prior to the Allison news. Cool. Okay, I've started everything. These are the last questions. Any more questions that come in, it's too late. I'm sorry because we are going to have to get out of here. So final questions. Yep. Stewie asks, who scores more over the next two? De Bruyne and Bramfway or Ake and Tony? I'm going to go Ake and Tony for me. Yeah, same. Ake and Tony. I, I just, it just seemed way... Like, I, I can't even compare them. Like, I said Bramfway's good this week and as an enabler on the bench for the rest of the season. But Ake and Tony are for more than just this week. For me personally. Yeah, and, and you're talking about six fixtures compared to five. Yeah. Yeah, four. Sorry, uh, four. So yeah, Podna's comment was: first thing I heard Gabe say is, "I love Bruno Fernandes." What the hell is going on? Is Gabe okay this week? Are you okay, buddy? It's been a busy week. <laughs> thank you, thank you for recognizing the code that I'm being held hostage, Podna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Podna's the one who's going to get uh, someone to come and rescue you from <laughs> He's the on his kidnapping. Way. Yeah, Chaz asks: Foden is not effective when playing on the right. Uh, usually, Walker goes wide, KDB invert. So. I think the thing here was that there was a couple games when Walker's not played, right? The two games. And it felt like there wasn't really many opportunities for Foden compared to the games where he's just showing up to get the hat trick and he's getting the loose balls and getting all the shots. It, he's just so good at playing anywhere for them. Anyway. He's so good that like you won't know in a given week or matchup what they'll need him to unlock or do as a tactic against an opponent. And again, as you say, like if Walker plays, then I have a lot more faith in him finding the half spaces, like I was saying about how Odegaard's now uh, playing deeper, so Saka's finding those half spaces. Similarly, Foden can come in more if Walker plays, but I do worry that in games where Walker doesn't play, like that does put me off Foden a bit, so that's one of the reasons like the triple captaincy scares me. Um, I know, obviously, he's a viable option, and I think this is Foden's best season at City so far. Like He just looks a great player. He looks complete. Mm -hmm. I think he's mm -hmm. so important to everything the team does. And actually, long term, when I go to sell like one of Foden or De Bruyne, if I buy De Bruyne, I would sell De Bruyne before Foden to get to like a Spurs mid in 27. So I, I really like Foden. I actually rank him higher than De Bruyne as a pick for FPL wise um, for me personally. That was uh, just some general football stuff. But Blue Daniel Joe asks, how important are players and team records against certain teams? I don't really it's take noise. any note of them at all. Yeah, just pure noise for me. Like, it's oh, nice. Kane scored 15 goals against Everton. Oh, uh, Saka scored nine goals against Spurs. I, I, I don't look at any of that. Teams with different, different players, managers, different, different tactics. Managers. Really, yeah. yeah, none of that means anything to me. Yeah. Oh. It, it's a fun, like, anecdotal note for fun, but that's all I see yeah. it as. Just a fun, it's like a, like a pop. Bogey team. Like a fucking random and, fact. And like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
yeah you know like it's, yeah, it's I, nice I, to I, talk about after a few pints right let me put it this <laughs> way it. this season west ham was arsenal's bogey team right they knocked them out a cup managed to beat them at the emirates and also drew with them last season to start the collapse from 2-0 up drew with them to start the collapse of a title challenge so people were saying that you know west ham's really bad game for arsenal we saw how that went i do not buy into these previous record stuff um Ilgenis asks Salah and Tony and Regulon or Doughty worth a minus eight. So selling Trent, Morgan Gibbs, White and Solanke for Salah, Tony and Regulon. I don't know if I do that yeah, for minus eight, to be completely I like honest. It. I like it, but I don't know. Of those, Regulon, Doughty, I'd go Regulon even though Doughty gets a double because I just prefer Brentford as a team. Like just generally. Well, Regulon gets a double too. Yeah, yeah, but then he also doesn't blank in either, but uh, Luton will get another double in 28 when Bournemouth double, but then they might not but play in 29. But, but, so but actually, blank. it might end up being the same number of fixtures for both of them, right? In the end. Um, yeah, yeah, I think Brent and Morgan gives White, I would sell them. Yeah, I would sell them. Solanke's the more question mark for me because I wonder if, like, do you need to get Tony this week? Maybe you do. Mm. That That's a bit more of the question mark for me. Like, yeah, that's just, if it was Darwin, I'd maybe be more interested. Maybe. Diego Jota to Salah. So FPL Eric, buddy. Um, okay, so between us, I did a Salah to Jota last week and bench gross. And this week I was going to do Palmer to De Bruyne and bench gross again. But um, if I saw a leak that Salah starts tomorrow, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be doing Jota to Salah. So really, I don't, I don't advise you to do it, bro. But I will be doing Jota to Salah tomorrow if there's a leak that Salah starts. Um, and then I'll be getting Aki in defense instead of Bradley. So, yeah, that, that's that's my plan right now. I, I think it could backfire massively, but I just <laughs> there's something wrong with me. I really want Salah. Uh, tricky MF. What's the Bradley vibes? Predictive lineups are big on him. I think tactically you said yeah, well, there's a I world in which he it. starts neither. Yeah, so I would go to the timestamp, buddy, for the Liverpool game. I think we definitely spoke about him quite a lot. Uh, Shaz, mm-hmm. anyone considering triple captain Salah? No, no, I, I think it's crazy enough me even considering buying him for a hit. Triple captain, not a chance in this world. I'm sorry, no way. Not when Haaland's going to be that 230% ownership. Not for me. BW Splitter. I'm just going to keep on thanking you guys. You do such an amazing job. You're making my education loads of fun and it's appreciated. So just want to say thank you so much for the sweet, kind words. Oh, we've got Dr. Yeah. Green Farm here as well, buddy. Good to see you catching us live. 5 a.m. in Australia tomorrow. Damn, let's go, buddy. Thank you for tuning in, man. Good to see you. Uh, so, oh, wait, Dr. Do- Green, some really quickly question for you. Are, oh, are yeah, you yeah, FPL set? Are, are you FPL sexy? FPL sexy? Like my, are, yeah, yeah. Are you FPL sexy from we're, Australia? We're bros I think on Twitter and I had never made the connection. So if that's you, big hugs, buddy. I love you. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you were going to double check it. It was him. Okay, so we've got two free final questions. Ujan asks, is it worth getting Van Dyke for Trent minus four and then move him in game week 26? Or should I just get a player who has a fixture in 26? I would keep an eye on the Allison rumor. It, I, I would have said pre the Allison even... rumor, I'd get Van Dyke. Even with the Allison mm. rumor, I'd maybe still just get Van Dyke. I think he's the best Liverpool defender to get. Yeah, like, I kind of like, disagree. I I would say get a a City defender or Reguilon, so to make sure you have that fixture. So you're not taking a minus four this week for a defender who likely won't get a clean sheet, and then you're transferring him out next week. Yeah, unless so it's almost like a minus City. Yeah, if you're tripled up on City, then Reguilon. Right, it, um, it depends what you're. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're tripled up on City, Reguilon. Otherwise, Ake, I really like as you said. Um, okay, yeah. 
Fine. I think Vivi Ake is one for debate. And with the Addison injury, if that is true, maybe I would lean Ake. Um, Fadil asks, what do you think about my Sarabia pick for the short term? I could have Salah for the double. He'll be my 11th man in 26. Okay, so they need Sarabia to be able to fund Salah. Is Sarabia that much cheaper than Huang? Yeah, I don't know. Because I was going to say, oh, like, like right obviously, now. you told me it was Huang and Salah. 4.7. Oh, okay, that's nearly a million. That's 0.8 million. Don't hate it. Don't yeah, hate it. Um, can you with with Cunha, Sarabia will, will start on the right-hand side. If you can afford Garnacho, though, I would say, like just a little bit more, I yeah. would prefer that if you can. But, yeah. Um, okay, what else do we have? Okay, so Colin asks, um, question for I'm bench boosting this week, thinking Trent and Lascelles out, what two defenders in for a hit? So they already have Gabriel, Stupinian, and Doughty. If you don't have Triple City already, I'll be getting Aki and Regilon. I think that's pretty much like our, been our answer for nearly every defender question so far. So, so. if you do have Triple City, then I'd look at uh, Van Dijk and Regilon. <laughs> it's, it's like either Aki and Regilon or Van Dijk and Regilon. Um, and if you really well, like... To what about... Con- I mean, if you're going to go Van Dijk, you might as well go Konate, right? Konate, I was... Earlier in the week, I thought he'd definitely start both. Tactically. I thought he would start both, having had the suspension and rest. But now with Kwanzaa there as well and the other players in the back line, I can just see a world in which... Kwanzaa's second choice, though. Yeah, but if, you know, Kanata's very... like He is super injury-prone. And like with a cup final, I just... It makes me nervous, him in general. So if I was going to go to Kanata, at that point, I'm like, should I just go for Bradley? Spend a million even less than Kanata. So yeah, I think for me, if it's not Van Dijk, it's Bradley... Canate okay. is actually one of my options, but I just I'm leaning Bradley over Canate. Um, is it worth a minus eight separate to those moves to get a second playing keeper? I have Raya. I don't have a goalkeeper in 28. I I would just get Neto in 28 for the double game week, unless there's any week you can play him before then. I would happily play yeah, Raya wait. from now till 28. Wait. Yeah, I would wait. I wouldn't take that hit for that this week. And yes, that is them. that is a feel sexy, by the way. But yes. Yeah, so that's a green farm. Is FPL sexy? Awesome. <laughs> cool. I had no idea. <laughs> no way. Yeah, they say Gabe is the nicest dude on. Colm, is this stream going to go past the three hour mark? No, don't worry. We're at two hour one. We're done. I think there's only two. We're about okay, to I'll take this out. question from Shaz and then we're out because we are at uh, two hours. Uh, so, Shaz, Bernardo to Doku or Poro Zinchenko to Regilon Aki? I, I, I wouldn't do Bernardo to Doku, as I said earlier. I think I would do Poro. To Regilon. It depends. It, it depends if you like. If do you have to play him? Do you have to play Porro? Right? Do, yeah, do you have three do you, other yeah, playing defenders other than Porro and Zinchenko? Like just just what whatever's the biggest need. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I would do the defender move there and keep Bernardo. Um, FPL crop duster as well. Happy Friday to two legends. They're on wildcard this week. And final question. This is really the good last question. Good luck with it, Alex. Ujan. Yeah, good luck, okay. buddy. And then Ujan asks. Quick question, Jota and Van Dyke or Salah and Bradley? I can't get team news because of time zones. So Ujan is in your boat. We'll have to make the decision and kind of make that bed and just lay in it. If you have to make the decision without getting to see any leak, it has to be Van Jota Dyke and, and Jota for me. Yeah. It has to be. I think the only sure. world in which I could sanely recommend the Salah-Bradley route is if you're literally there waiting and a leak says they both start. So I, I can't recommend that. I'm sorry, buddy. 
Cool. All right. Two hours. It's been a lovely Friday stream. Everyone will put the timestamps on so you can come back and check the Q&As as well and the captaincy metric and the matchup summaries for the week, the NetXG and the FDR. So been a great show, Gabe. Um, we'll see you hopefully next week. Um, I'm trying to see if I can last minute fly to Porto to try and get a ticket to the away game of the Champions League, but oh, wow. I highly doubt that will happen. If it does, I may try to be begging Craig to come back again, yet again, one of our new co-hosts, <laughs> it seems, of the show. Um, if I can't go, I, I will probably be back next week to do the show. But yeah, let's see what happens if I can wing my way into an away ticket in uh, Portugal. That would be, that'd be, that'd really be amazing. That'd be so fun. Find a way. But I just don't see how I can realistically do it. But everyone in the chat, is you've been amazing. There's been 50 of you watching concurrently. If you enjoyed it, please hit that like button. But yeah. May your arrows be green and we will see you for uh, the Blank Game Week 26 matchup show next time. Peace. Peace.